This is HBU Sharks On Demand on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. HBU Sports on HSRN is presented by Hawaii Pacific Health, creating a healthier Hawaii. Entering in his third year as head coach for the Sharks baseball program, Dane Fujinaka has a new vision in sight for his team. Led by veterans such as Ian Wolski, Jack O'Brien, Kota Suzuki, Noah Hata, TJ Smith, and more, they look to continue their upward trajectory and obtain a feat that used to only be a dream. That dream, a conference championship, is now well within reach for this talented Sharks program. And tonight, the Sharks open up conference play welcoming in PacWest Conference baseball newcomer and their inter-island rival, the Chaminade University Silver Swords. Splitting two games earlier this month in Hilo, the Silver Swords are the only blemish on what has been a near-perfect start to the season for HPU. Can the Sharks stay hot and get their first conference win of the season? Or will Chaminade make history winning their first ever PacWest Conference game? We find out now. Hawaii Pacific Health. Creating a healthy Hawaii. Presents Hawaii Pacific University Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. And now, live from Patsy T. Meek, Central Oahu Regional Park, here's play-by-play announcers Kyle Galdera and Alan Mia. Aloha and welcome to Baseball in Paradise. We are back for another season on the Diamond. Kyle Galdera coming to you live with Alan Mia. We're here bringing you HPU hosting Chaminade in the PacWest season opener live from Central Oahu Regional Park. Patsy Mink, Central Oahu Regional Park out here in the Eva Plain. And Alan, I know we've been looking forward to this ever since we signed off last year. It is baseball season and the best news, I mentioned baseball in paradise, we have a good thing going when it comes to this new rivalry between HPU and Chaminade. Yeah, I always felt like for HPU, something was truly missing. That was a true rival. I know we have UH Hilo, of course. That's an interstate rival. But having someone here on island, uh, on the island of Oahu uh, to be their true rival and, and now Chaminade coming back 43 years after uh, they last played a collegiate baseball game in the NAIA division, uh, it's, it's truly special. And, and, and to open up conference play, you and I were talking off, off mic here. Uh, you know, to open up your conference play against each other for the first time ever um, in the PacWest Conference, I, I think it's truly special. And it, and, and and what a what a backdrop right now! The sun is setting over the uh, over the Waianae Mountain Range, and it's just an absolutely gorgeous evening here at Corp. Yeah, and talk about that rivalry. Going back to the records you mentioned in that lead-in billboard, that was beautiful, by the way. HPU eight and one already receiving rankings as far as number high five that's high in the West region and getting some votes in the top 25 poll. And on the flip side for Chaminade, five and eight might not be something to smile about, but when you think about it, it's the first year after a 42-year layoff. I don't think you could ask for anything more if you're Chaminade at this point. No, and I got a chance to speak with uh, Chad Konishi, the, the new head coach here, uh, you know, for Chaminade, and he, he said he loves what he sees from his teams. They're competitive. You look at their record outside of one game out of their 5-8 and eight record, um, everything's been within three runs, and, and so they've been real competitive. Even he said they're going to go through a lot of growing pains being a first-year program. They're going to have moments where they're going to look good. They're going to have moments where they're going to look bad, but it's all part of the growth process. So long as they compete, and they fight and they you know they play together you know he likes what he sees from his team this year and keen on shaman out a bit before we turn attention to hpu you mentioned uh, coach chad kanishi former player and then a great coach at uh 
And then looking on the other side, on the, along his coaching staff, Keith Komeji, a lot of pro baseball ties there, coming off a state tournament win with Kamehameha as an assistant coach. Chester Wilson, former player in his own right. Matt Inouye, another stud, another UH player. And Randy Yamamoto, a former player and longtime Major League Baseball scout. I used to work with him at Hoi Warner Baseball as far as feeding him information. So right there you have an all-star coaching staff, and that's really going to help the Silver Swords build this program, and they've already accelerated that process, like you mentioned. Yeah, and it's a, you know when you when you think about when this program was built, uh, you know just late in the actual recruiting game, you know Ka Chad Konishi, the head coach there, wasn't given a, a fair amount of time to recruit his first uh, you know recruiting class, but he's done a well job recruiting some local boys. Who, when you look at this staff, like we just talked about, a lot of local legends here. Uh, it's a lot of you know just uh, the ability to feed off their knowledge is going to be so valuable for this young Chaminade team. So that's a quick look at the Silver Swords, but we're going to pivot back to the HPU Sharks. Alan mentioned earlier the third year under coach Dane Fujinaka doing a great job building this program. And we're actually going to take a listen to an interview our own Kuule Agbayani did with coach Dane just a little while ago. Let's listen to that interview. How would you just describe the identity of this year's group, but also maybe how it compares to last year being that you guys have had this success so far? Sure. Yeah. So uh, last year, um, you know, <clears throat> we, we finished 20 and 27. Um, again, we had kind of an older group. Uh, we had a lot of <clears throat> a lot of uh, local players who were older. Cole Kashimoto, DJ Stevens, that um, really, you know, um, took that program to a next level, took that team to the next level. Um, and I think when I first came here three years ago, um, there was just really no expectation to win, um, whether that was COVID or, you know, just a new coaching staff, whatever that might, might have been. Um, and, you know, that first year was really ultimately just to try to get those guys to believe in themselves. And, and we won 17 games. Um, I think we overachieved that year. Um, certainly, we didn't expect to have as much success as we did. And then last year, um, I think there was more of an expectation that hey, we you know we we got we got a chance to make a run at this thing because a year prior we lost a lot of games you know one two run games that we we thought that we 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 should have won um, and that was the difference so um, you know last year you know we were half a game away from making the postseason um, and it was it was a tough tough finish you know but you know I think that ultimately set up for this year whereas like the guys that were returning you know really. <clears throat> really felt like we had a chance and we we do have a chance this year and it's a lot of the same guys a lot of like all of our position players pretty much returned we lost cole we lost dj who were key key pieces but um you know we have no hata returning in the outfield we have kota suzuki who was a newcomer of the year last year arguably the best player in our conference <clears throat> um shortstop we have tj um, Nick Geo, uh, who who actually graduated last year, decided he he wanted to come back for a grad year. Um, that's just been it's been tremendous for the leadership of our team. I mean, to have a guy that um, is a is a three year starter, a two time All Conference guy, want to come back for one more year. He had an opportunity to go elsewhere, um, but he wanted to come back, and you know he felt like there was un unfinished business and. Um, you know, he's been awesome. And Chase Taylor, who we converted to being our first baseman, DH, um, is, is off to a good start. And then both of our catchers, Daniel Johnson and Ian Wolski, are also having 
um, good years and provide a, a ton of leadership behind the plate. Um, and then on the mound, I mean, we we um, returned a lot of our bullpen. So like Makanakia, Ryan Inouye, um, those guys, you know, Mac Leisher, who's, you know, having a really good year. Um, and then we brought in some new uh, new arms. Uh, Scott Armstrong has been a big one for us. He's our one of our, our better relievers. Um, and then uh, a group of freshmen that have really um, stepped up and done a really good job in the starting rotation. So, you know, I think um, the overarching message or like identity, I guess you would say, is just guys are just expect more out of themselves. And, um, you know, every time they step on the field, they're expecting to, to win regardless of who we're playing. I like that. So you guys have a perfect mix of the veteran players coming back along with the new players and being that the veterans you know, are even hungrier than they were last year to make it into the postseason that will obviously feed into the rest of the younger guys. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, this year we did something a little different um, from a leadership standpoint. We picked, you know, certain guys that we thought had, had good leadership qualities and very mature and um the returnees that have have really stepped up into leadership roles and then also the new guys i mean we have um caleb milliken who who is a pomona pitcher transfer uh grad transfer who's going to get into coaching uh chase taylor is one of our captains scott armstrong is a transfer from cal poly pomona they were i think in one game away from from the college road series last year um and then vicente molina who um, went to Super Regional and was at uh, Laverne last year. So, um, you know, the transfers that we got came from winning programs and came from really, um, really good programs. And I think, you know, their 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 leadership styles have come in and, and have just been great for for our returners and uh, for the freshmen. You know, so it's been it's been a good good mix of both. And that was our Kule Agbayani chatting with Coach Dane Fujinaka of the HPU Sharks. And Kyle Galdera, Alan Mia here with you, getting you ready for HPU versus Shamanad. We're a few minutes away from first pitch. But, Alan, what did you take away from that interview? One of the things I took away was that even though a lot of the leaders from last year graduated or moved on, there's still a great core, and this team is dedicated to winning something you need in a baseball program. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, I got a chance also to further this conversation with Dane earlier today. And, you, you know, we talked about how, like you said, he has his core back. Of course, he's, you know, losing Kosh, losing DJ, big losses for this program. But, you know, the guys they brought in brought a, are bringing in a winner's mentality to go on top of the core that has been set and the foundation that Kosh and DJ laid forth. And so he likes this mix He's got, you know, when he talked about his four leaders, I asked him about, like, okay, when things get tight, though, as we get into conference play, when things get a little stressful, a little tight, who who, do, who are you going to lean on to kind of get this dugout to laugh a little bit, to relax? And he said those four guys that I talked about in that interview with, with Kuule are, are the guys we go to. They know exactly when to step in and to speak up and, and to voice their, you know, their their opinions in that dugout, and the guys buy into it. And, and this team buys into the leadership that is that, that they brought in, and and he's excited. You know, they do have, you know, when you look at their starting staff, they are really young. He knows that they're young. They're freshmen. But he says if they make it to post play, uh, postseason play, if they make it to the conference tournament and a chance to win the championship, they're going to need those freshmen to step up. So they got them in early and often here in the in, in the preseason or what we call the non-conference season. And, and they're also they're going to rely heavily on this lineup. This lineup is darn good. I want to use a different word for it, but they are <laughs> darn good. 
And you, you look at last year, they ended the season hitting as a team 291. That is a remarkable feat. This year already, nine games into the season with an 8-1 record, they're just under that clip hitting 279, 281 uh, around there. So this team can hit, and they got they added power. Richard Higa, a big, big reason for that, and we'll get more into that in a little bit. Yeah, and actually, let's let's carry that conversation on. Richard Higa moving from player to coach. Um, as a former player yourself and, and myself too, I think it really helps with the continuity. How have you seen that translate to what the Sharks are doing? Obviously, you know, hitting for average last year, but when you can sprinkle in that power when you need, especially in some of the power alleys here at Central Oahu Regional Park, that, that's a big boon for a baseball team. Yeah, and Richard Higa, as, as Dane put it, is, uh, you know, is, was always going to be, even when he was a player here for HPU last year, always said he will make a better coach than any player. And that's no knock because Richard Higa, the player, was darn good himself. But to be, you know, called by the head coach a better coach than player, that's, you know, that should say something. And, and really also this team bought into what Richard had to say because he was a former player just, you know, last year. And so when he came in as, and he took over that assistant coach role, that hitting coach role, he said, we're going to work on two things. It's bat speed and power. And the team bought into what he was teaching, what he was saying, because he did it himself, and he showed them. And this team in the offseason worked hard at it, and it's showing so far. You look at their home run numbers, their power numbers, already close to what their last season totals were. And we'll get into the lineups in just a little bit, but we want to remind you that with this being the early season, nine games in for HPU, 13 games in for Shamanad, you know, knocking on wood, no major injuries to report. But we'll keep you posted if anything happens during the game tonight. And that sports injury report is brought to you by Hawaii Pacific Health, creating a healthier Hawaii. Both of the head coaches are at home plate talking things over. Our umpires tonight, Bruce Raymond behind the dish, John Matson, one of the best high school umpires in the business at first base, and Arturo Belmonte down the third baseline. So they're talking it over with the skippers tonight ahead of this Pac West Conference opener between these two teams. Yeah, it's an exciting moment right now. The first conference meeting, uh, you know, in Pac West Conference play for uh, head coach Chad Konishi and Shamanad. So exciting times, especially when you get to play your rival here to start things open. But, you know, looking at it, HPU taking batting practice earlier today. I got here a little earlier just to watch them. And, and let me tell you something, that work they put in the offseason and throughout non-conference really showed they were hitting some nukes. But then Shamanad came in right after, was hitting some some hard balls as well. So this should be an exciting matchup. We You know, you're going to look to um, uh, the head, uh, the starting pitcher for HPU and Jordan Ochen to, to be able to kind of just work his spots, you know, move the elevation that we always talk about, that vertical eyesight, and, and really try to keep this the Shamanad team off balance and get them fishing a little bit. I think if with a new team like Shamanad, if you can get them fishing a little bit, you can keep, kind of get them off their rhythm, they're going to struggle at times this year. So I think that's the key to beating them. Yeah, and for Ochen, he's all about pitching the contact, right? This is his third start. He's allowed 14 hits, struck out six, but he's 1-0, which means that he's kept his team in the game enough to not lose and then get that one victory. And speaking of not losing, HBU has played all but one of their games within three runs. So they're definitely able to close those games out. And when it comes to saving the games, Ryan Inoy out of Kailua, already four saves on the young season. So that's a really good sign, Alan, for the Sharks in that they're staying in games, they're winning close games, and then they're closing them out. That's basically all facets coming together. Yeah, and we talk about Ryan Enoy, the junior uh, right-handed pitcher. He's only 5'8", 165 pounds, but when he gets on that mound, he throws like he's about six foot two and about 200 pounds because he throws some gas. And he kind of comes at that three-quarters, maybe a little bit lower arm angle, which makes it harder 
for hitters to kind of time it, time it out. And so you get a guy who kind of throws from the side, throws real hard, a lot of movement because of that arm angle. You know, he, he's that perfect closer role. And we are about ready to go. We actually had a bit of a delay. We're waiting for at If you're not familiar with Central Oahu Park, sometimes it takes a while for the sun to get behind the Waianae Mountains, but we're almost ready. And when we come back, we're going to have first pitch for you, HPU and Chaminade. You're listening to Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. This is HPU Athletics on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, AM 760, and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. Welcome back to Central Oahu Regional Park. That was the voice of our own Kule Agbayani, who's currently doing her pregame dance as we get ready for Sharks and the Silver Swords. And, Alan, we are ready for some baseball. Let's kick things off with the Chaminade batting lineup to get this game going. Yeah, leading off for Chaminade in their first inaugural PacWest game is going to be center fielder Jake Harper, followed by left fielder Aiden Lobedos. First baseman Casey Cudell, Cudell hitting third. Hitting fourth, uh, the second baseman, Cato Kleinman. Doing the DH, JT Na Naviak, the transfer from Cal State Fullerton. And hitting sixth, right, playing right field, Ryan Rooch. Uh, hitting seventh, playing third base, Evan Williams. Doing the catching and hitting eighth, Joe DeCour. And hitting ninth and playing shortstop number six is going to be Caleb Kim, who looked very good in in and out uh, earlier today with some really quick hands out there at the shortstop position. And doing the pitching this evening for uh, the Chaminade Silver Sword is going to be Mac Elski. And jumping over to the Sharks defensive lineup on the hill, Jordan Ochin will be starting things off for the Sharks. We mentioned 1-0 coming in, 14 hits allowed, 6 strikeouts, but most importantly has kept his team in the game. So we'll see if he can continue that trend tonight. That starting lineup brought to you by Hawaii Pacific Health. They take the team approach to providing the expert care you need when and where you need it. Together, we are creating a healthier Hawaii. 73 degrees at first pitch. Coming in at 6.20 p.m., we are underway for the PacWest season here. That one called a strike off the bat. A good start to the season. The conference season, I should say. That ball is driven too short and caught on the line. So just like that, HPU gets a quick out. And, Alan, you always talk about pitchers getting off to strong starts. Getting that first out is very important, especially to start the game. Yeah, started off with the fastball, came with a nice curveball down the center of the plate, but nice little drop to it. Got a soft line drive out to T.J. Smith. So that'll bring up Lobedos, the Kamehameha Schools product, the state champion coming into play for Shamanat here. Fouls his first offering away down the right field line. It's kind of what you like, three pitches, three strikes so far. And Lobedos, a left fielder for Chaminade, played a lot of right field for Kamehameha, so a lot of range out there, a lot of speed. So something for HP to watch. If he can put the ball in play, they need to make some crisp throws across the infield. That second pitch down, I believe in the dirt. Yep, one and one. Here's this pitch is lined to left. Will it get down? It is a foul ball. Luckily into the corner. That one was trouble. Fortunately, it drifted just a bit foul of the left field fair pole and that one is about 330 feet away so he got a hold of that one yeah Lobedos opened up just a tad bit but got all barrel on it but just hooked it just to the left of the left field foul pole and uh left fielder Hayden Huff was was frantically doing the Carlton uh Carlton Fisk uh, to it and this one is going to be lined to first so a nice job there bouncing back by Ochin two quick outs following that line drive to first base by Lobedos 
And that'll bring up Casey Kudel for Chaminade. Two quick outs for the HPU defense. A nice start by Jordan Ochin. Yeah, Ochin doing a good job uh, working in and out and also re really, you know, changing the vertical plane. Kind of comes up in the zone with his fastball and then goes down low with the breaking stuff. Yeah, Ochin, just a freshman, delivers a ball down low here to Kudel. Kudel, a junior out of Irvine, California. Second pitch is lined down the left field line. Will that one get down? It will. It's going to be in for the first hit of the ball game. Nice two-hit single there by Chaminade. Yeah, good job by Cudell going with uh, with the pitch and going uh, the other way with it and just landing right in front of Hayden Huff. Yeah, I mentioned just about 73 degrees, not much wind to speak of tonight. And hopefully for HPU that changes as they can take advantage of that wind stream out to left field. Nice bunt down the third base line. Can HPU make a play? No. It's going to be an infield single picked up wisely by Agnew, and then he makes the pump fake to second, but it's going to be an infield bunt single by Kato Kleinman. Two runners on, two out for Chaminade here in the top of the first. Yeah, Chaminade electing to play a little small ball, try to get something started with two outs here in the top of the first inning. And as Chaminade takes care of some of their batting paraphernalia on the field, that'll bring up J.T. Naviak. He's formerly of St. Louis High School, then he went to Cal State Fullerton, transferred home to help rebuild this Chaminade program. Naviak, a right-handed hitter, takes strike one, dropped in there by Ochin. Really nice night for baseball. A little bit of cloud cover, but as I said, not much wind to speak of. Hopefully no precipitation in our near future. The 0-1 pitch, taken for strike two. Naviak didn't really care for that, but consistency so far by Bruce Raymond behind the plate. Yeah, good job on that breaking ball. Started it at the knees, got it to cross the plate where it needed to be, and then the bottom just fell out of it. And I mentioned the weather because they are anticipating rain on Saturday, so hopefully that doesn't affect the rest of this series. And speaking of effectiveness, Ochin gets a called, pardon me, a swinging third strike. Naviak is out, and that's going to be it for Chaminade. Two runners left on, but nothing going as far as runs. We'll be back with the Sharks in the bottom of the first inning. You're listening to HPU Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Discover a personalized approach to a healthier you at Hawaii Pacific Health Bone and Joint Centers. Our comprehensive centers offer adult and pediatric sports medicine, orthopedic care, and rheumatology services. We're focused on your mobility and quality of life. Our clinic in Kahala also provides walk-in services for minor bone and joint conditions. So stay active and keep doing what you love. Learn more at hawaiipacifichealth.org slash bone and joint centers. This is HPU Sharks Baseball brought to you by DSC Hawaii on HSRN 95.1 FM and AM 760. Kyle Galdera and Alan Mia back here with you. It's our PacWest Conference opener for baseball. HPU hosting Chaminade in this, I guess they like to call it the H1 rivalry, and, and we can stick with that. The schools are located across the H1 from each other, and here we took the H1 today to get out to Central Oahu Regional Park, and it was a bit of a drive, a bit of a journey, but we're here now. If you're listening on your way home, when you do get home, be sure to switch over to HawaiiSportsRadio.com. Catch us streaming there, and we appreciate you tuning in. I know, Alan, it's fun to be back doing baseball. 
Yeah, you know, I, I, it's a, you always get sad when uh, baseball season ends because especially when it's like, you know, the sport you and I both love. And, and But, no, it's good to be back out here. Traffic sucks, of course, getting out here, as it always does. But it was well worth, uh, you know, having to sit through it to, to be able to watch live baseball in, in the flesh again. I actually got cut off by more bus drivers than cars today, so I guess that's a win. <laughs> so HPU leading things off. Nicholas Gio, the veteran second baseman, right-handed hitter. Facing the right-handed pitcher, Mac Elski. He takes a called strike one on the inside corner. Yeah, and it's good to see Gio out here. Graduated last year, but opted to come back on his uh, grad year. HPU wearing their all-whites and teal numbers today as Gio grounds this to short. Picked up nicely over there by Kim. And then he actually, on the transfer, fumbles it a bit. And that's going to result in an error by Shamanat to start the game. I'm going to make the worst. Waiting for the official score, but I'm going to make the preemptive error call because that seemed to be a pretty easy or routine ground ball to short. Yeah, it kind of hopped up on him last a minute and, you know, kind of handcuffed him a little bit. So try to transfer it back out. A lot of spin on it and just couldn't come up with it. And that'll bring up Skyler Agnew. HPU maybe looking to play some small ball here with a runner on first, nobody out. And just as I say that, Agnew ropes one to right center. That one is going to get legs and get all the way to the fence. Agnew cruising in for a double, and that will actually turn into a triple. A nice run-scoring triple to start this game as it scores Gio all the way from first on a long shot to right center that just hopped off the fence. Yeah, good job of getting all of that. The ball was left over the middle of the plate by Mac Elski. Takes it to the right uh, right center gap. What is that, three? I can't. My eyes are getting bad at the older I get, but I think it's 325 <laughs> to the power alley there, yeah. and, and, and he got all of it. Uh, good job of getting another triple for this HPU team who just lived off of triples all last season, leading the conference in it. Yeah, dimensions here at Central Oahu Regional Park go from 330 to 375 in the power alleys all the way out to 405 in center. So just like that, run, run in for HPU to start this game, leading Chaminade one to nothing, and they have another in-scoring position at third with Agnew and now Kota Suzuki. He takes ball one to start his at-bat. Suzuki pops this one to the left side. Is it far enough to get the runner home? It is going to be caught by Lobedos. He has a great arm. Chucks his throw home. Not in time, though, and that's going to score Agnew on the sack fly. Nice job by HPU cashing in that second run. Yeah, I, I was just going to say when it comes to Kota Suzuki, has an awkward kind of batting stance, kind of almost keeps the bat flat and, and parallel to the ground. And the reason for that is I think it's just really to shorten up his swing, and that way he takes quick hands to it, gets barrel straight to it, able to lift it just far enough to left field to, to get the runner in on the sack fly. So with two runs in and one out here in the bottom of the first, Chase Taylor coming up, the DH for HPU. Right-handed hitter standing in there. And he ropes this pitch to left field. Lobedos has a beat on it, but not enough room in this ballpark as it glances off the fence. And that's going to be a long double, a stand-up double for Taylor. And just like that, a triple and a double here in the first inning has netted the Sharks two runs and another runner in scoring position. Yeah, that ball was hit on a frozen rope. A line drive straight off the three-quarter mark of the fence. Uh, almost got it out of here, but, uh, you know, we talk about how the dimensions of this field, and li literally, you got to get it to get it, and, and it's worth every minute. So uh, he got all of that, just couldn't get enough lift on it, but three-quarters up of the way of the fence, left field there, and all, all Lobetos could do is just turn around and kind of watch it fly off the fence. T.J. Smith up to bat here for HPU, the fifth batter. Only one out and a runner on second for the Sharks. Elski looking in, 
Checking second base, now comes home with it. A sweeping curveball low for ball one. I started to say earlier that HBU has their all-white uniforms with teal numbers. Contrasting that is Chaminade in their all-grays, the visiting team today, and their blue trim and hats. Elski taking his time, checking second. Now delivers home. This ball popped foul. Nice cut there by T.J. Smith. I like what Elski did, though, to start T.J. Smith off with that breaking ball. You know, he's been hit hard so far this inning, so to try to kind of take him out of that rhythm, came with the breaking ball, get him off, you know, off balance, and then comes back with that fastball over the plate. And for Smith here, the conventional thing would be to try to get the ball to the right side and move that runner over as he <laughs> lines it to the left instead with a base hit, and that's going to score the third run for HPU. It's going to be a run-scoring single and then an error so a single and an error. Okay, it's actually going to be ruled a double by the official scorer today. <laughs> it oh, works out for HPU. Another hey. run scoring double. TJ Smith makes it three to nothing for HPU. Yeah, just as we were saying, you want to go uh, what we call an important go to the right side of the field, especially with the hole opening up with the second baseman covering second, uh, trying to get that backdoor pick. You know, what ends up happening is instead of going that way where everyone might think he is, he gets an inside pitch and he pulls the hands through and is able to just take it all the way to down the left field line. And TJ beat me to it. I was going to say the conventional thought is go to the right side, but if you're served up a fastball on the inside corner, of course you're going to rip it to the left and score the third run for the Sharks. And that three-run outburst for HPU is going to lead to a mound visit by Coach Chad Konishi. Just one out into this game for Chaminade. Yeah, and I, I think if you're Mac Elski, I, I, don't, I don't think you take too much into it. And, and just like that, after <laughs> I, I, I gave the official scorekeeper uh, my hands up in the air, he goes ahead and changes the score. It's going to be a single into a double. I mean, a single and then advance the second on an air. And I only, I'm only picking on the scorekeeper because he's our good friend, Kevin Hashiro. Yeah, so that goes a uh, single, like you said, and then an error on Lobatos on the pickup that allowed the runner Smith to move to second base. So after the mound visit, back to live action. Ian Wolski, the catcher for HPU, one of the leaders in batting average for the team, stepping in with an early RBI opportunity with HPU already up by three. Yeah, and Ian Wolski so far this year showing a lot of power. Uh, but, you know, uh, Dane Fujinaka, head coach for HPU, did say earlier in the season where they were playing, the wind was carrying. So a true test will be playing here at home. Wolski takes ball one low, then gets a strike called on a big cut, trying to drive one to center. Wolski, the righty, facing Elski, also a right-hander. Elski, a long look into home now from the stretch, set at the belt. Looks back to second twice, three times, and comes home with it. And that one just a bit high. You know, I was going to say, you know, for Mac Elski, I don't think it's a, you know, a repertoire type thing for him. I think right now what you're seeing is just a lot of nerves. You're leaving a lot of pitches, pitches over the plate right now, and, and, and for good reason. Right now there's a lot riding on his shoulder being the first ever Pac-West game for Chaminade. Here's the 2-1 pitch. It's going to be rope to left center. That one is going to drop in. That's going to be a run-scoring single. So HPU pouring on the hits on a Thursday night, playing the hits like we like to say in the radio biz, and that's going to put HBU up 4 to nothing with just one out still in the first inning. 
Yeah, and I think the key right now for, you know, like Mac Ellis' key right now is, is don't get frustrated. Just try to, you know, still pitch to your game and, and see if you can get out of this jam. But right now, what you're seeing is this this HPU came into this team offensively hot, and, and they're, they're, they're keeping hot right now, and they're just keeping that momentum going right now. And when you have that mentality, it's hard to beat when you're a pitcher. That'll bring up the Daniel Johnson, the first baseman for HPU in the seven hole tonight. Another right-handed hitter takes this curveball and fouls it away. So Wolski still on first base. Coach Dane Fujinaka running through his signs. I wonder here, I know it's a, it's a catcher running, but knowing that Elski has to throw a strike here, do you maybe put on a hit and run, or do you keep the pressure on the pitcher? I was thinking, especially with the second baseman really pinching towards up the middle, I would do a hit and run, try to get it something on the outside. Nothing going there. There's a ball in the dirt. Evens the count at 1-1 one one to Johnson. And in the on-deck circle, a player you mentioned in our pregame, Noah Hata, is doing a great job taking over in center field for HPU. Elski comes home with it, and that pitch is low. 2-1, yeah. not a count to Johnson. And we're so used to seeing DJ Stevens out there in center field and his speed, but uh, you know Noah Hata has done just a phenomenal job so far this season uh, for the Sharks, patrolling center field, which in this park is no small feat. Johnson with two homers on the year takes a strike on the outside corner as the backdoor pick by DeCour is not in time down to first base. And you mentioned in the pregame, Alan, the power shown by HPU. Almost everybody in the starting lineup has a home run, including Chase Taylor and Johnson with two apiece. Yeah, and that I was going to say, that'd be the only reason why you don't do a hit and run with Daniel Johnson, just because he does have that power and he's hot right now, so just ride that hot bat. Johnson drifts one into right center. It's going to get past the diving center fielder, Harper. Runners on the move for the Sharks, and that's going to be yet another extra base hit for HPU. Runners now at second and third, just one out, four runs in. Sharks looking to take advantage with blood in the water. There's a rainbow in the sky. Yeah, and you so far right now, it looks like Chad Konishi and, and uh, Keith Komeji are going to ride with... Uh, uh, Mac Elsky, I don't really see too much action in the bullpen. I don't see really I th maybe some stirring of stretching going on, but nothing real active right now. So I think they're going to let Elsky just try to kind of figure himself out right now. Again, you're talking just this is just all nerves right now. You, you, you shake through this and you stay with it. You're going to be all right at the end. So Noah Hatza up to bat now. Shamanad playing their infield in, already down by four. Bottom of the first inning, one out, runners on second and third. The pitch to Hata in there, a breaking ball. Nice job there by Elski. And I'm glad you mentioned that there's nobody in the bullpen yet for Shamnad Allen because this series still has three more games to go, including a doubleheader on Saturday. So even if you're down, the last thing you want to do is burn through all your pitching on that first, first day, first game. Hata gets his pitch and swings. A big cut at that one, now falling behind 0-2. Yeah, Hata's front shoulder just flew open just a little bit, causing his head to go with it. But if he stays down on that ball, keeps that front shoulder tucked a little bit longer, and that that's that's all barrel going through the gap. So we'll see what Elski can do here with an 0-2 count on the center fielder for HPU, Noah Hata. This pitch is fouled away over our heads. Well, Hanaho the 0-2 count. I mentioned it earlier, but a beautiful night for baseball here. The sun finally setting behind the Waianae mountain range just beyond left center field. And if you're just joining us, there was a six-minute sun delay 
as we waited for the sun to get behind the mountains there. This ball grounded to first, picked up nicely by Kudel. Home on the throw, and then the umpire is pointing at home. Oh. Did he call interference? I, I think, think he called, called interference, interference on the catcher. So it's going to be ruled a – do you still get a fielder's choice for that with interference? Yes, I do believe so because the, the initial play is home rather than the out. So I think you do get a fielder's choice and, and then an RBI. And then an RBI. So Hata's going to reach first on the fielder's choice. He does get the RBI. No out recorded, though. That's going to move Johnson over to third and score Wolski. So a five spot already here in the first. HPU getting to their nine hitter already. Hayden Huff. Huff with runners on first and third, one out. Takes another curveball from Elski for a strike. And Hayden Huff, another veteran in this uh, Sharks lineup, the senior, the five foot ten senior, playing left field today. One of our fans to our left uh, brought a great-smelling plate lunch. <laughs> As Huff looking to feast on the Chaminade pitching, swings and misses there, 0-2. Oh, Good pitch location right there from uh, Mac Elski. Came with a backdoor breaking ball. And we'll see if Huff here can drive in the sixth run for HP already here in the first inning. 5 nothing lead over Chaminade. It's the PacWest opener for both teams. Elski taking his time, checking third. Sets and delivers. High fastball away, ball one. HPU already with an 8-1 and one record, ranked number five in the West region on the early rankings. But obviously, you know, you want to carry that through the season. You don't want to get too excited, but it is a great way to start the year. And it's a great indication of the progress they're making as a program. Appeal down to first, no swing. Confirmed by John Matson down there, good call. That evens the count at 2-2. Two and two. You know, to get this count to 2-2 two and two by Hayden Huff is, is a remarkable job. He spits on an upper fastball, which is so hard to lay off of, and then you, you get a breaking ball down low that starts at the knees, hard to lay off, but does just enough to lay off to even the count at 2. Huff waggling his bat. Here's a 2-2 two -two pitch. Driven to center. Will it get down? It does. That's going to be a run-scoring single. Runner at first moves to third on the great read by him, and that's another RBI for HPU. And there goes your scorecard, Alan. You're already having to, to move into that second column as Nicholas Geo coming up for the second time this inning. Yeah, what a great job on a two-strike approach there by Hayden Huff. Really short to the ball, almost just dropped the barrel down. Gets a hard line drive to the gap and able to score a run and move over uh, Noah Hatza from first all the way to third. And, yes, now it comes the scorekeeper's dreaded having to cross out numbers on the book. At least it's early, though. You know, sometimes you get late in the game and your book really starts to get jammed up. Nicholas Geo pops this one foul. Owen won the count. And for Mac Elski, the, the pitch count has to be racked up by now and still only one out here in the bottom of the first inning. HPU opening up a six-pack on Chaminade early here. Six to nothing in the bottom of the first inning, one out. This ball fouled away right back at the live stream if you're watching here from Central Oahu Regional Park. And, you know, just as we said, you really don't want to start burning your bullpen here in any number one of a, a, you know, a series in which you have a doubleheader coming up this weekend. And already you got action now just starting finally to go in the bullpen. Not real frantic action, but just starting to get loose and warm. 2-2 two -two pitch taken. A nice job there by Gio laying off that curveball, moving the count to 1-2. and two. 
This kind of reminds me. I don't know if you got to see it, Al, but the Dodgers and the Padres played an exhibition game today. I don't want to talk about the Dodgers. The Dodgers got out to an 8 nothing lead in the first inning. I don't want to talk about the Dodgers right now. I'm still <laughs> salty. <laughs> Geo swings and misses at that one. For out number two. And I only bring it up because... But I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. The, the, I'm just saying. I wasn't even going to talk about Shohei Otani moving to the Dodgers. Okay, but see, why you got to bring up the, why you got to bring up his name then? I was just mentioning a, a great outburst by the home team for HBU here. Six <laughs> runs so far, two outs, and Skyler Agnew up for his second time. He had an RBI triple his first time up. Runners at first and third. Agnew goes to the left side. Lobatos is there, and he makes the catch. And that will retire the Sharks. But six runs come across for the home team. HPU takes a big bite out of Chaminade there, and that will wrap up the first inning. We'll come back with the second frame and more. This is HPU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Central Oahu Regional Park. HPU with a 6-0 lead over Chaminade. Chaminade looking to answer that big outburst in the first inning. Ryan Ruck starting things off with a 1-2 count. And off air, we were talking briefly, Alan, that Jordan Ochin, it's pretty easy now with a six-run lead, just throw strikes, right? Yeah, you know, okay. In theory, <laughs> right? In in theory, it is, but also there is added pressure now for, especially for freshmen, because now what you want to do is, but but this is what he's really good at though, is pitching to contact, right? Now you just want to pitch to contact, trust your defense, which HPU has been just the last few years has just been phenomenal uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So, but there is pressure just to be that guy, knowing you have a six run, you know, a six spot up there, uh, to be able just to come in, hit your spots, pitch to that contact, let them hit the ball. Hard for a pitcher to be like, okay, I let these guys hit the ball now. And Rock fouls a couple of pitches away, moving the count to one and two. A nice changeup off the corner by Ochin, trying to get him to chase, but good discipline by Ruck. Shamanad had two runners on in the first, but stranded them there on a JT Naviac strikeout. And here Ruck is going to swing and miss. However, it's going to be ruled a foul ball by home plate umpire Bruce Raymond. And it'll be a Honoho 2-2 count for Ruck. Cameraman in front of me keeps moving around. And that ball just a bit outside. Three and two, the count goes full. Speaking of pictures, you can check our social media out, Hawaii Sports Radio, on Instagram, Facebook, even Twitter too, and see some of the great photos from Kule Agbayani as this ball is lined to right, but right at Suzuki, who makes the catch for out number one. Suzuki didn't even have to move, kind of just switched his uh, footwork a little bit and it was right in his chest so a hard hard hit on that 3-2 count there by Ruck but just right at Suzuki and so far by Ochin getting the first two batters of the first and the second inning out is a key to victory especially with a six-run lead throw strikes and get quick outs speaking of strikes Evan Williams takes strike one from Ochin Ochin set at the belt, working quickly. I like to see that as this ball just a bit outside, even in the count at one and one. Yeah, Ochin just kind of opening up that front shoulder just a little bit, kind of fell over, knew it right away. Here's the one-one pitch on the outside corner, painting right now. One and two ahead in the count is Ochin. Trying to see if our buddies with the uh, the gun here can give me a little indication of his velo. 
1-2 pitch, taken low, even in the count at 2-2. Two and two. I don't know if I said that loud enough for, us, uh, for him to hear. I don't think thought. he did because they didn't even acknowledge. <laughs> We're going to check with the guys to see how fast he's throwing. As this one is taken on the outside corner for strike three. And I believe that came in around 84 miles an hour. So mid-80s and a nice job mixing speeds as he had Williams off guard there for a quick second out. Yeah, if you're HPE right now, especially the, the coaching staff, you're liking what you see from this young freshman. Getting yeah. his feet wet in conference play and just coming in and, and having a little bit of a cushion here. So just the ability to stay relaxed and just kind of throw strikes. Almost, you know, you don't want to say it's now like kind of working a pen, but you're, you're almost, that's what you're just trying to do right now. You're just trying to play catch with your, your, your catcher, your battery mate, and, and just make sure you hit your spots, work on the finer details here. Ochin working quickly to Decour. Two quick balls now, ball three outside. Last thing you want to do here if you're Jordan is lose the opposing batter with two outs and a 3-0 count. HP with a 6-0 lead. Looking to hold down Shaman out of here. There's a strike, 3-1 and one to Decour. Yeah, and what you're seeing from Ochin right now, it looks like him and, and um, Ian Wolski are kind of working that outside corner right now. Here's the 3-1 pitch on the outside corner for strike two. Just like you said, Alan, really chipping away, taking bites out of that outside corner, expanding the zone. Yeah, and I think that's what they were doing those first three balls. You saw he started out, kind of came back in a little bit, still a ball, came back in again, and now he's kind of find that zone. And the first walk is that ball is going to be low is issued, and the only negative so far for HP was allowing two out runners by Shamanad. Here's the first runner of the inning, Joe DeCour, reaching on a walk, and that'll bring up Caleb Kim, the shortstop. For Swords. Kim, a right-handed hitter, standing in there. And he lines this one to right center. That one is going to get down as well. Runner's going to come all the way around from first to score. And Kim is going to hustle in for the triple. A nice job of hitting there by Kim. Just like I said, the last thing you want to do is give free passes with two outs. Shamanad makes HPU pay. Gets their first run, 6-1 to one now, here in the top of the second. Yeah, and Caleb Kim uh, getting one back after that error in the first inning that led to a run as well. So uh, good job by, by Caleb Kim going ahead and, and getting something that was left over the heart of the plate into that gap, a hard line drive all the way to the fence. We talk about how the, the dimensions of being 375 out to the alleys. And Jake Garper now, the leadoff batter for Chaminade coming back. He lined out the shortstop his first time up. And we'll have an opportunity to drive in Kim with a potential two-out RBI. Here's the 0-1 pitch. Changeup is going to be grounded to short. Smith has it across the diamond, collected by Johnson for out number three. Nice job getting out of trouble there by Ochin, but Shamana does scratch a run. 6-1 to one as we go to the bottom of the second. HPU coming up. This is Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Hawaii Pacific Health presents HPU Sharks Baseball on HSRN 95.1 FM AM 760 and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. Welcome back. It's the bottom of the second inning. HPU with a 6-1 lead over Shamanad, Kyle Galdera, and Alan Mia here with you on a beautiful, beautiful Thursday night. Sorry, the, the throwdown the second and warm-ups actually hit the pitcher in the back and then he spun around and caught it so you don't see that every day i'm glad the pitcher's okay 
And he's kind of looking at the ball like, I'm glad I'm okay too. And that brief sports injury report is brought to you by Hawaii Pacific Health, creating a healthier Hawaii. He's probably also thinking, like, what else could go wrong here? <laughs> and you're referring to the 11 batters that came up for HPU in the first inning, bringing across eight runs, pardon me, six runs, leading to the 6-1 lead. And Kota Suzuki up for the second time, taking ball one low. Elski looking in, delivers, and this one is swung on and this is for strike one. Yeah, they appealed down to third with third base umpire Arturo Belmonte saying uh, Suzuki went around. And, you, again, we talked about it last, and you look at his bat angle when he sets up here. He kind of starts high, but then flattens almost that, that bat angle. And that ball is going to be a bit low. We mentioned the wild first inning by HPU, and that reminds me. Have you voted yet, Alan? You can visit HonoluluZoo.org daily through March 3rd and help the Honolulu Zoo get crowned as the best zoo in the nation, according to USA Today. And while you're going to do that, back to live action as Suzuki takes one to left field, that's going to drop in for a single. So a nice job. Actually, is that going to be called an out? Yeah, they called him an out. Uh, it kind of caught Suzuki off guard too, but the umpire, uh, Arturo Belmonte at third, uh, made sure he stayed with it all the way because it looked like it almost kind of came out of Aiden Lobedos' glove, but able to hang on uh, with the out. So a bit of a wild play there, but out number one nonetheless as we move ahead to Chase Taylor. Taylor had a double in his first time up and swings and misses at strike one here. Sharks looking to add to their 6-1 advantage here in the bottom of the second inning. Taylor, the DH, takes a curveball for strike two, 0-2. Nice job by Elski bouncing back after that long first inning. And actually, if you're Elski, if you can get out of this inning, like the 1-2-3 inning, that'll really bode well for his confidence moving forward in this game. Elski working a bit more quickly now as this ball's fouled away. Remains an 0-2 count. Nice crowd gathering here on a Thursday night. It always helps when you have two local teams playing here on Oahu. If you're in the area, come on by. Plenty of seats still available. No admission charge here at Central Oahu Regional Park as this ball taken low. 1-2 now to Taylor. And also help that uh, right behind us earlier, I, I believe it was Punahou was playing Damien. So, um, you know, had a little high school baseball going on right behind this field as well. So Taylor in there with the 1-2 count, one out, bottom of the second inning. Ooh, this curveball just a bit high, 2-2 two two the count. Yeah, it's a dangerous spot to leave that breaking ball. You never really want to hang it, especially to a, to a hitter like Chase Taylor right now who's on absolute fire. Elski taking his time, now coming home with it. And that curveball drops in there for a called strike three, and seems like after a rough first inning, Elski is settling in there. And to your point, Alan, if he can continue to do that, even if Shamanat doesn't come back, if he can eat up innings, it'll set them up well for the rest of this four-game series. Yeah, I think based off that first inning, like you said, if you're able to eat innings, I, I think what that is, that's actually a victory for Shamanad, being able to get through this without having to go to your pen too early. And, and all that you're doing is right now you're looking just to build confidence, and, and you're able to sit there and say, uh, you know what, that was just one bad inning, but I, I bared down and I was able to stick with it. I like his pacing a lot better this inning. He kind of gets the ball and goes right back at it. 
T.J. Smith back at it as well with two outs in the second inning. Nobody on. Takes strike one. Now swings a big hack for a quick strike number two. And that's the aggressive swings we like to see with a five-run lead. You might as well go for it. Yeah, you just wish, though, you know, on an outside pitch, you'd rather go with it. But I, I understand the pro thought process for a hitter is you're up five. Let's just go for it. And that's, that means you're going to pull off trying to yank something. Curveball in the dirt there. Moves the count to one and two. Elski doing a nice job of mixing up his pitches without runners on base. It's a lot easier to be selective on the bump. So here comes the one-two pitch to T.J. Smith, the veteran shortstop for HPU. Swung on and popped up. Will this reach foul territory? It is indeed going to get out a long run for the first baseman, Kudel, there. Good speed, though, by Kudel to beat his right fielder to the spot. Just carried enough, though, over the fence line. Yeah, there's a lot of foul territory, and how should I phrase this? The lights here aren't the best in the industry, so there's a lot of blind spots, a lot of dark splotches on this field. One and two the count. Coming up to Smith. Here's the pitch. Fouled away again. A nice job by Smith hanging in there. We're going to pause 10 seconds and step away for station identification. You're listening to HPU Sharks Baseball presented by Hawaii Pacific Health. Home of HPU Athletics, KGUAM, K236CR, Honolulu is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on AM 760 and 95.1 FM. 1-2 pitch to TJ Smith coming up here. Two outs, bottom of the second. Smith lines it to right center. That one is going to get deep and down in the gap. Smith hustling to second. He's going to be in there with a stand-up double and a nice piece of hitting by Smith. His second hit of the day, and that extends this second inning. Yeah, and uh, you know, not only his second hit, but his second double. So two extra base hits for T.J. Smith. Actually, a single and an error his first. Oh, that's right. That's the one. That's the one. Official scorekeeper right. changed his mind. So I only say that because you're right. This might be a long game. You never know. Maybe a we got the cycle going. We just jinxed it. <laughs> Kyle Goddera and Alan Mia taking full credit for that potential jinx. <laughs> but nonetheless, TJ Smith on second, two out, bottom of the second, HPU up 6-1 to one over local rival Chaminade. It's the PacWest opener for both teams as the ensuing batter Ian Wolski, the catcher for the Sharks, takes ball one low. And it looks like the work in the bullpen for Chaminade has subsided for the moment. Yeah, I think Coach Chad Konishi is thinking along the lines of what we said in that this is a four-game series, so if the pitching by Elski can continue, he can at least save some pitchers for the next three games over the next two days. That ball taken low. It's going to be a 1-2 count, I believe, to Wolski. Set at the belt is Elski to Wolski. Grounded to short. Actually picked up by the third baseman, Williams. Across the diamond. Can't be picked by Kudel. And that's going to end up scoring a run for HPU. It, it is going to be ruled an error. So basically everything from here on out is going to be unearned. Good news for HPU. They add another run, making it 7-1 to one here in the bottom of the second. So it'll be E5 in your books on the throwing air, leading to a run with TJ Smith coming in. And most importantly for HPU, it keeps the lineup moving to Daniel Johnson. He had a double in the first inning. 
And we'll see if HPU can keep the hit parade going here on a Thursday night. Johnson standing in there, waiting for the Elski pitch. Elski steps off. Pardon me, he delivers home wide for ball one. That's a tough pitch to lay off, especially, you know, for Daniel Johnson, who's a hot hitter. So it just shows great plate discipline, not only being a hot hitter right now, but having the wherewithal to have that plate discipline. And a check swing is going to be dropped down to first base, picked up by Cudell, and steps on the bag. That's going to be out number three, but not before HBU picks up an insurance run, making it 7-1 to one as we go to the third inning. You're listening to HBU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. This is HPU Athletics on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, AM 760, and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. Welcome back to Patsy Mink Central Oahu Regional Park here on the Eva Plain, Kyle Galdera and Alan Mia. It's the PacWest opener for HPU and Chaminade, and so far it's been all Sharks with a 7-1 lead as we go to the top of the third inning. And props goes to first base umpire John Matson, who usually the home team will bring out water for the umpires, but maybe they, they forgot. It's still early in the season, so Matson hustled all the way in, got not only himself a cup of water, but his crewmates too. He I'd also, love to see that. And he also brought some balls to his uh, partner <laughs> uh, behind the plate there. So the efficient work by Matson. Bruce Raymond behind the dish today. And leading off the third inning, Aiden Lobedos, the Kamehameha Kapalama Warrior. State champion, Kapalama Warrior, Lobedos takes strike number one on the outside corner. And this ball's going to be popped up and out of play. And I mention that because he was coached by Keith Komeji, who is now one of the assistants, the lead assistant for Chaminade. So you see that Imua connection making its way to Chaminade. Lobedos takes strike three on the outside corner and a nice job painting away by Ochin, and it's a little more confidence built when you have a six-run lead in the third inning. And if you guys had uh, Imua connection in the third inning on your bingo cards, you guys hit the jackpot. I was wondering when you were going to get the Imua in there. We are moving along in the third <laughs> inning. Strike one in the outside corner to Cudell. Cudell got the cue ball by Daniel Johnson in the bottom of the second inning and responds by taking a line drive into right field for a single. Yeah, good job on the inside pitch, opening up to get it and, and pass the outstretched arms of the first baseman, Daniel Johnson, who was diving to his right and just barely missed it, but a hard ground ball uh, still nonetheless for a single for Chaminade. And that's Kudel's second hit of the game, so he's trying to help the Swords get back in this one. Down by six, ball in the dirt. Collected nicely by Wolski, keeping the runner there for ball one. Yeah, and HPU's got to be very careful as the corners start to come in. As Skylar Agnew at third uh, drops in just a little bit more, got to be worried about that bunt that Kato Kleiman dropped down in the first inning in his last at-bat. This ball is a tailor-made double play. Grounded to Smith, over to Gio, over to first base, and the double play is collected. Erasing the runner for Chaminade and ending the top of the third. Sharks still lead 7-1. We'll be back with the home frame. This is HPU Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. This is HPU Sharks Baseball brought to you by DSC Hawaii on HSRN 95.1 FM and AM 760. 
We head to the bottom of the third inning. HPU leading rival Chaminade 7-1. to one. And I say rival because even though Chaminade resurrected its program after a 42-year absence, they are in the Pac West, and this is the conference opener. So by default, they are now rivals, Alan. Yeah, no, we talked about it earlier. I mean, how cool is it for not only HPU and Chaminade, though, you know, Chaminade's first ever Pac West conference opening game, and it's against, you know, what is traditionally your rival here in HPU. So, you know, a lot of nerves, a lot of emotion. And a lot of great baseball by HPU. And speaking of that, a leadoff bunt single down the third baseline by Noah Hata taking advantage of the dropped back Williams at third base and collects in nice way to get on to start that first inning with the single. Yeah, and Williams looking a little disgusted at Hato over there. I think that that's like you're up 6-1. I, I get it. Like, but at the same Actually, time, I'm 7-1. One. You're up 7-1. <laughs> so, I mean, what I meant to say was you're up six runs and you drop a bunt when you're hit, you've been hitting good. So I'm glad you brought that up. And we'll, we'll continue that thread as Hayden Huff comes up with a runner on first, nobody out. Huff shows bunt, pulls it back. So the other day, our Kamehameha Intermediate team was beating Iolani 8-0. to okay. And apparently, Iolani was upset because we were, I am the first base coach, and I'm still sending runners. Because my thing is... It's 10. 10, 10 right? Run. Okay. Ten. Just Ten. wanted to make sure yep. we're still on the same uh, page. 10. And if, here, here's the deal. As this ball is going to be lined to right center, it is up and gets down. A nice job with another extra base hit for HPU. Runner's going to be waved home. Huff with the stand-up double. It's going to be an RBI double as the Sharks surge ahead 8-1 to one in the bottom of the third. I was saying, you know, what a beautiful hit there to the gap by Hayden Huff scoring a run, adding more to it, making it a seven-run cushion here. But I, what I was going to say to your point is I always tell the kids, too, I, I, I get it. You want to play by the sports rules, but if you don't like it, if, if, if you have a problem with someone doing something to you, then you got to learn how to stop it, and you got to learn how to take control of the situation, not by, you know, getting mad, getting frustrated, doing things, you know, uh, you know, stupid things, but you, you got to learn how to stop the momentum and get the momentum back on your side. All right, I'm glad the, the voice of reason next to me, Alamia, confirms my approach. And HBU now up by seven with another runner in scoring position, Hayden Huff. Nicholas Gio now for his third time up tonight. Looking for his first hit. He reached on an error and struck out. Not every day you get to see the leadoff batter for a team hit three straight innings in a row. But it's happening for HBU tonight. The 1-0 pitch from Elski is taken for a strike, 1-1. One one. Almost looked like a little bit of a sweeper, as they, they call it now, that kind of new pitch where a little bit of a slider, a little bit of a curve, but a little bit more than a slurve. <laughs> yeah, I still call it a slurve. <laughs> I, I guess that would be the definition of a sweeper, though, right? <laughs> this ball taken for a ball, 2-1, two two as HPU leads it 8-1 to one over Chaminade, bottom of the third inning. Nicholas Gio, the second baseman, a grad student, so he's lengthening his career here with the Sharks. And what a big, you know, addition, I say, you know, to Dane Fujinaka and his team, even though he's always been on the team. But, you know, to have him want to come back for another year, a fifth year here with this program, a three-year starter, now going to be a four-year starter this year. So, you know, it's just uh, one of those things where he said we we just needed that more, some more veteran leadership, and he got it back. So a runner on second. Nobody out so far. One run in and a called strike three in the outside corner. Geo out, striking out, looking this time for out number one. 
That'll bring up Skyler Agnew, who had a RBI triple in the first inning and lined out to left field in the second frame. Yeah, Skyler Agnew walking up to the plate like he meant business. It was a little kind of uh, pre-hit ritual. Really aggressive. Agnew, a left-handed hitter. Takes one in the dirt. A nice job by DeCour blocking that and keeping it in front, keeping the runner Huff at second base. Yeah, Joe DeCour, good job of keeping that chest down and his head down, following the ball all the way rather than coming up a little bit tall, even though he dropped to his knees. That way he can't bounce away from him. As a former catcher, I know one of the first things you do in a blowout is maybe get away from your fundamentals. So a nice job to see him working there as continuing to work as Elski. He drops in a fastball for a strike. One and one the count to Agnew. Yeah, you know, down seven, you, the propensity to get a little lazy, as they say, and, and kind of make those mistakes, uh, you know, become a little bit more prevalent. But good job by Joe DeCurry making sure he stays with the fundamentals. There's the 1-1 one, one pitch. It's going to be lined down the left field line foul. 1-2 and two the count to Agnew. Dane Fujinaka doesn't even flinch. I asked him, by the way, I said, like, how bad do you, like, like when you're watching these games, do you, like, want to just get back in there and go? He was, like, all the time. You know, that, that fighter, that dog in him is still there. And I like that as the head coach, he still coaches third base. I know a lot of coaches these days prefer to stay in the dugout, but Coach Fujinaka down the third base line running through the signals as a... Ball is dropped in there, evening the count at 2-2 two and two to Agnew. I also asked him, you know, all the years of being a player, you know, when he started coaching, does he still get the butterflies? And he said even more so now as a coach than ever as a player. He gets more butterflies, you know, now than he ever did. HBU looking to add to its 8-1 lead here in the bottom of the third. Here's the 2-2 pitch. Line to left field. It is through. And the runner huff will be held at third. So another hit for the Sharks. And two more runners on base with just one out. Yeah, good job on that count by Skyler Agnew. Instead of, you know, pulling off on the outside pitch, he just elects to shorten up his swing, go with it, throw the hands at it, and the barrel meets it. Able to shoot it past the 5-6 gap on a line on the ground, though. Uh, just not, you know, hard enough to score the runner, but, uh, you know, a good job of being able to not only get on base himself, but advance the runner to third. And that's one of those things where if HP were losing or tied, I think Coach Fujinaka would have sent Huff home. But knowing that you're up by seven, you don't want to waste outs, especially when you have now runners on first and third and a foul ball by Kota Suzuki, a powerful and speedy left-handed hitter in the three-hole tonight. Yeah, I just love his swing. I mean, it's 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 awkward to look at, but I I love it just because it's so short and quick to the ball. Suzuki waggling his bat, almost like a like a softball type of swing. As this ball high and tight, a little chin music on a Thursday night, evening the count at one and one. So runners at first and third. Agnew leading off of first. Huff off of third. Trying to add to the Sharks' 8-1 advantage. This ball popped to the left side. Lobedos has a beat on it. Makes the catch. Huff will tag. He's going to come home. Lobedos has a strong arm. The throw is good, but just a bit offline. And Huff will score. Suzuki with the sack fly, making it 9-1, Sharks, here in the third inning. Yeah, that's his second sack fly of the game. Both all to Lobedos. Second RBI also. What a strong throw, though, by Aiden Labados. You're right. Just has a pipe of an arm out there in right field. 
you know, it was a bang bang play, a little offline a little bit. So if it's online just a little bit more, then it's able to, you know, he's able to probably make a better play on that defensively. Yeah, Chase Taylor up here for HPU. Two outs, takes a ball high. I know you were there broadcasting this game on our airwaves when Aiden Lobatos had that hose of a throw from right field. It was, All the way from right field to home plate. Yeah, it was almost one of the – it was probably the most remarkable throw I've seen from a prep star, um, you know, let alone maybe, uh, even a, a college player. The, the Where he was in proximity at Les Murakami Stadium to how that play was made, it's, it was unbelievable. Strike one taken there by Taylor. One and one the count. Runner on first, two out. Nine to one here in the third inning. This ball grounded to third. Picked up cleanly by Williams across to Cudell. And that is indeed going to be ruled in out. But HPU picks up another couple of runs and expands its lead to eight. Nine to one, the margin over Chaminade. We'll be back with the fourth inning. This is HPU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. And Kyle Galdera here with you on a Thursday night. Allen getting choked up with this beautiful effort by HPU so far as a pop fly by JT Naviak is going to be collected by Suzuki in right field for out number one here in the top of the fourth inning. Nice job by HPU scoring in all three innings so far. Six in the first, one in the second, two in the third. And after the Naviak out, It'll leave Ryan Ruck up to bat for Shamanad trying to get something going. Sorry about that. <laughs> Wrong pipe where I was right as I was speaking. But, yes, <laughs> Kyle Galdar, Alan Muir back at, at Corp. As the next pitch there by Ochen is lined to center field. For a single by Ryan Ruck, the right fielder. Yeah. Oh, a little coughing fit kind of threw me off my game there. Oh, as uh, Evan Williams, now the third baseman, coming up to the plate. Uh, and so far this evening, uh, back in the second inning, Williams struck out. So 0 for 1 on the day. Ruck at first base, takes his lead. Here's the delivery. Curveball in the inside corner for a strike. Nice job there working backward as we used to call it. Now it's kind of normal by Ochin of starting the batter. Williams off with a curveball there for strike one. Ochin comes set. Up in the zone a little bit, but called a strike there. Making the count 0-2. HPU nursing an eight-run lead, 9-1 here. In the top of the fourth inning. Beautiful night for baseball as Ochin comes set. The delivery is fouled off to the right. Keeping the count alive is Evan Williams. Yeah, I really like the pace. I've mentioned it before. Ochin is working quickly, knowing he has that eight-run lead. And that really helps not only the team's mentality, but the team's defense. You don't want guys being statues out there. Breaking ball down low. Barely fouled off, but a good job on the two-strike approach there by Evan Williams to be able to fight it off. Once again, 9-1-0-2 count here. One out. Ojin comes set, delivers. Breaking ball, swung on and missed for the second out. Good job right there of mixing up his pitches, his speeds, his, you know, working kind of in and out a little bit, changing the vertical plane. And for Ochin, the freshman, I mentioned earlier, this is his third start, and he gives up a lot of hits, but it's because he pitches to contact. 
And because you do that, you keep your defense engaged. And when you do get your strikeout, he does it at the right time. You don't get kind of token strikeouts. And right here, two outs, top of the fourth, a runner on first. And just like that, the next pitch and the next batter, the catcher, Joe DeCourt, is in there for a strike. 0-1, two outs here. Top of the fourth inning. HPU leading 9-1. Ruck on first base. Here's the delivery by Ochin. Fastball down the middle, swung on and missed for strike two. Quickly, 0-2 count here. And Ochin really dialing up the velocity. He was clocked at 84 earlier. I wouldn't be surprised if he's up to around 86 on that fastball. The next pitch by Ochin, outside fastball. Just off the plate for a ball, bringing the count to 1-2. and two. But, yeah, he's also picked up the pace a little bit, kind of working a little bit quicker. Ochin comes set, takes a look over at Ruck, decides to come home with it. Another fastball just missing on the outside corner, maybe a little bit up in the zone as well. Bringing the count even to a piece. 9-1 lead for HPU, top of the fourth against their rival, their inner island rival, the Chaminade Silver Swords. Ochin comes set, delivers, breaking ball, left open, and hit to the right-hand side, but just going to be foul. Wow, no no call by the umpire Yeah, there. he might have put his hands up, but I got a bar in front of me, so I couldn't tell. But it just it looked like just fouls. It was kind of tailing to the right. Uh, a good job on that 2-2 count by Joe DeCour to be able to just kind of throw hands at it and go with it. I only knew it was foul because the home plate umpire, Bruce Raymond, threw a new ball out. So I figured play was stopped. Ochin comes with the breaking ball. Fouled off once again. A good battle going on between Ochin and DeCour. Yeah, Deuce is wild here. Gives Ochin a little bit of wiggle room if he wants to try that curveball again or even expand the zone a bit more going outside with the fastball. I'm coming up and in if I'm him, but Ochin comes with a breaking ball again. Swung on and missed for strike three and out number three, ending the inning. So after giving up a hit, Ochin able to settle it down, and it's 9-1 to one as we head to the bottom of the fourth here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Discover a personalized approach to a healthier you at Hawaii Pacific Health Bone and Joint Centers. Our comprehensive centers offer adult and pediatric sports medicine, orthopedic care, and rheumatology services. We're focused on your mobility and quality of life. Our clinic in Kahala also provides walk-in services for minor bone and joint conditions. So stay active and keep doing what you love. Learn more at hawaiipacifichealth.org slash boneandjointcenters. Hawaii Pacific Health presents HPU Sharks Baseball on HSRN 95.1 FM AM 760 and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. Alan Mia, Kyle Galdera back here at Central Oahu Regional Park for this wonderful baseball game. The PacWest Conference opening game between the Chaminade Silver Swords and your Hawaii Pacific University Sharks where the Sharks are leading 9-1 to one here as we head to the bottom of the fourth and we got a pitching change uh, for Chaminade. Yeah, coming in for the Silver Swords, Matthew Orozco, the freshman, six foot four, out of San Leandro, California, via Bishop O'Dowd. So a nice opportunity here for the freshman to get some work against a strong HBU team. And it's always nice when you see a freshman-laden team like Chaminade really building their core at this level, something that HPU did three years ago when Coach Dane Fujinaka came in and restarted, refreshed this program. Yeah, and that's why we also said, you know, for Chad Konishi, he was going to take, well, there's going to be times where we're going to look bad, but there's going to be times we're going to be good, but we're going to have to battle together. And so here we are, Matthew Orozco looks in. As stepping up to the plate is going to be the shortstop, T.J. Smith, as he steps out before a pitch is thrown. Sign get taken. 
Here comes Orozco. Orozco up high for ball one. And maybe a little early nerves shown by the freshman here as Smith wise to lay off that one. He would have needed a ladder to get up to that one. Orozco comes set, gets his sign, delivers. Up high once again on the fastball, bringing the count to 2-0 to T.J. Smith. T.J. Smith so far on the evening, two doubles. Actually, it's the single and an error, the infamous single and an error, and oh, a double. You're absolutely right, and I've realized why I keep making that mistake. As the next pitch is taken to right field on the line, will it stay fair? It is fair, and it drops down and goes all the rolls all the way to the corner. T.J. Smith put the burners on, and he's going to stand up with a stand-up triple. And guess what? Cycle watch is still in effect. T.J. Smith with a single, double, and triple, and we're only in the fourth inning. And he's doing it the conventional way, too, in order. But I, I realized why I kept saying he had a double, because I put the air and the and the, the single in the air on the batter in front of him, which was the de designated hitter, Chase Taylor. So now it all makes sense, and that's going to bring up the catcher, <laughs> Ian Wolski. Again, my book is all messed up because of that first inning. <laughs> Wolski steps into the, into the box. Here's the pitch by Roscoe. Curveball up high, ball one. 9-1 lead, runner on third base. T.J. Smith led off the inning with a stand-up triple. Shamanot basically conceding a run down by eight here. If, if basically, Wolski just has to put it in play, and they'll get their 10th run. On another, the ground, I mean, sorry. Another breaking ball by Orozco, up and in. Ball two. Yes, like you said, the infield playing extremely back, giving up that run, like you said, to take the out. The outfielder's playing deep and straight away. Here's the next pitch. Fastball down the middle, swung on over the top and missed. And Wolski, that was a me swing right there. I'm, I'm guessing this next one with a strike on him will be a team swing, trying to get that run across. 2-1 count here to Wolski. Here's the pitch by Roscoe. Fastball down the middle is going to be fouled off down the right field line and over the fence. Evening the count at two apiece. Wolski leading HP with a 500 average coming into this game. And he continues that one for two so far tonight. The San Leandro product, Orozco, comes set. 2-2 count. Breaking ball. Swung on and barely fought off and fouled by Wolski. Count remains two apiece here on this beautiful evening. The wind, uh, which was here, that we had a nice little breeze to start the game, has really died off. And it's a still night, but perfect, uh, you know, baseball weather. Nice and cool and clear. Wolski already with nine RBI this season, looking to make it number 10 right here. Roscoe comes with a sweeping breaking ball just off the plate and in the dirt for ball three. 3-2 three, count. 9-1 lead for the Sharks. Catcher Ian Wolski. One for two on the day. Single also reached on an air. Ooh, caught looking. And that's one of those, Alan, on a called third strike where if it wasn't nine to one, I don't know if that's going to be called, but maybe the zone opened up just a little bit. Yeah, I think if you're if you're the home plate umpire, uh, Bruce Grayman, you're you're looking at the score line, that what inning it is, and like you said, you're going to open expand that zone just a little bit more. So Orozco gets the outside corner call for strike three, and that's going to bring up uh, first baseman Daniel Johnson, hot hitting Daniel Johnson so far to start the year for this eight and one HPU Sharks team. First pitch is going to be down and scoots away from the catcher uh, Decor, but. No advancement by the runner, T.J. Smith, who's at third base. And uh, this is something I coach the youngsters on is you need that secondary lead. Even though you're up by eight, if T.J. Smith would have gotten a better secondary, he could have scored on that potential wild pitch. Roscoe comes set and delivers. Breaking ball. 
little bit up in the zone, but going to be called a strike by Bruce Raymond. So far, a very consistent zone behind the dish by Raymond tonight. Orozco comes, delivers. Fastball, inside corner, called a strike. Makes the count one and two. And Johnson kind of snapped his head back there, not agreeing with the inside call. But as I mentioned, once you're up by eight, that zone is going to open up. Orozco looks like he throws a little bit harder than the first pitcher that we saw in Mac Elski. And this one's in the dirt, and it's going to get away from the catcher to curve, but T.J. Smith elects not to go, as he really didn't see where that ball kind of bounced off to, but it went far to the right. And again, we talk about there's a lot of daylight here when it comes to this backstop. And that's one of those cases where Johnson needs to be almost like an air traffic controller, telling Smith, hey, you got enough room, you can come, or put up the hand saying, no, no, no. Communication is key. That's what I'm told. Orozco comes, sets here. Good battle going on between Johnson and Orozco. Orozco, breaking ball. It's going to be nice, short, quick swing. Going to take the ball to the right-hand side on the line, drive to right field, and that's going to bring in T.J. Smith for a good two-strike hitting approach there by Daniel Johnson. And for Smith, that's his third run of the game. For Johnson, his second hit, first RBI, and the hits keep on coming for the Sharks. A 10-1 lead over Chaminade here in the fourth inning and only one out. It's going to bring up center fielder Noah Hata, one for two on the day. Back in the third inning, hit a single, came around to score that inning as well. Steps in the left hitting Noah Hata. Pickoff attempt. Back in time, though, of course, Daniel Johnson. 10-1 to one lead now for the HPU Sharks here in the bottom of the fourth. One out. As Orozco comes set. Delivers, breaking ball, big sweeping backdoor curveball, swung on and missed by Noah Hata. Nice to see the bottom of the order for HPU so strong tonight. Every player has at least one hit. Noah Hata looking to get his second hit right here. Roscoe comes set now. Another breaking ball down and, and down and in the dirt it looked like, but a good stop by Joe DeCour back, uh, the catcher for the Chaminade Silver Swords. Yeah, one of the things about this field here at Central Oahu Regional Park is the dirt is packed very tightly, especially behind home plate. So even if you don't get down to block it, you can pick it almost like you're playing first base. Another pickoff attempt, a quick one, but back in time, Daniel Johnson, as he shakes his hand a little bit, maybe kind of jammed a little bit of finger, sliding back into first base head first. And I say that because most fields usually have cinders, right, so that the ball gives a little bit. But here it's basically just packed dirt. Fastball down in the dirt. Stolen attempt by Daniel Johnson. And he's going to be thrown out on a wow. high throw by Joe DeCure. That was a beautiful play by Kleeman at second base. He got the ball in the air, had a no-look behind the back tag to get the runner trying to steal. So what ends up happening is there's a fastball in the dirt, a nice pick by Joe DeCour, throws it down to second to Kleeman, but leaves it up in the air. Of course, like you say, Kleeman's got to get up in the air and get it, but able the wherewithal to come down with the tag at the same time. So nobody on bases are clear now. This ball hitting hard in the gap. It's going to find the fence, and it's going to roll all the way to the fence line, 375 in the power alley. Noah Hotz is going to hustle all the way for another triple for this HPU Sharks team. And that's one of those things where... You kind of wish you could roll back time a bit and not send that runner because that run from first would have scored easily. However, still 10-1, and now a runner on third for HPU. 
Two outs here. Bottom of the fourth, 10-1. Noah Hot's on third after hitting that triple. Again, we talked about last year, you know, this HPU Sharks team led the conference in triples. And that's going to bring up now left fielder Hayden Huff. Two for two. Has a single and a double. Yeah, I think it's safe to say Huff is on cycle watch, too. You mentioned the natural single-double action, just like his teammate TJ Smith, who has a single-double and a triple. Again, we're only in the fourth inning, so a lot of possibilities for the Sharks here. 1-0 count here to Hayden Huff. Noah Hata walks a couple steps towards home plate. Next delivery is a fastball on the outside corner for a strike. Orozco at least working quickly, knowing that his team is down by nine, trying to keep his defense engaged. Breaking ball down in the dirt, making the count two to one. Nice crowd for this Thursday evening ball game. Even the pups are out. Is it Park in the Park night here yeah. at Central Oahu Regional Park? I didn't get the memo. I did not get the memo. I would have brought mine. As that next delivery is just, again, low and in the dirt. Orozco missing a lot of pitches in the dirt, but he looks to be kind of keen on that little, you know, that area, especially with his breaking balls. Orozco comes set. 3-1 count now. Sitting dead red will be Hayden Huff. Breaking ball in the dirt. It's going to get past Joe DeCurran. That's going to bring in a run on ball four. So on the pardon me, Allen. Go down as a walk and a wild pitch by Orozco scoring Hata. And more importantly for HPU, making it a 10-run lead, 11-1, to here in the bottom of the fourth. I'm going to go back to the top of the lineup here, Nicholas Gio, the graduate, uh, the grad senior. Not quite a super senior, but no. a graduate player, graduate player. remaining a senior. But, you know, just a big key here, you know, uh, key or I guess key returnee for uh, Dane Fujinaka and his staff in this program. It's Nicholas Gio, the right-handed, hitting second baseman, steps in. The graduate player. Looks at the delivery from Roscoe. It's in there for a strike. A little bit up in the zone, but again, we talk about how probably if you're Bruce Raymond, the home plate, um, uh, home plate umpire, looking at a 10-run lead here in the fourth, they just kind of expand that zone. Roscoe comes set, looks over, checks at first base. He's going to try to pick off Hayden Huff, but Hayden Huff back in time. Yeah, Gio out of the leadoff spot, like you said, looking to break that 0 for 3 slump to start this game. Cleanman pitched, uh, pinched a little bit towards the middle here in double play depth as another pickoff attempt to try to get Hayden Huff leaning a little bit is to no avail. And I think Orozco a little frustrated after that wild pitch, taking it out on the runner Huff at first base with those pickoff throws. 0-1 count here. Finally delivers home. Breaking ball. In the dirt. No. Going to be called a strike. Kind of to the chagrin of Nicholas Gio. Yeah, DeCour needed a little shovel to get that one out of the dirt, but still called a strike. Again, the expanded zone with the 10-run lead. I love a little chirping from the crowd, letting uh, the umpire know that it's an 11-1 strike zone, apparently. Nicholas Gio <laughs> sets with the 0-2 count. Here's Orozco's delivery. Breaking ball in the dirt. Nice stop by DeCurry. Going to get in front of him. But Hayden Huff is going to able to advance. And we're going to get a wild pitch. 
Yeah, that ball was about three feet in front of the plate. Another good job by Decora, at least keeping it there, because had it skipped by him, that runner would have taken third. You know, really another good attempt, though, uh, to try to get Hayden Huff a bang-bang play. Count one and two now to Nicholas Geo. Runner in scoring position. Ten-run lead, 11-1 to one here in the bottom of the fourth for the Sharks. Orozco, the San Leandro, California product, comes, sets, delivers. Again, in the dirt. DeCora looks into the dugout for a little help here, but he's going to call time and go ahead and talk to his pitcher. And I believe, is that now a 3-2 count as he worked his way all the way back? Yes. You know, I, I think it might be a situation, and again, I'm not a pitcher, but when you see a lot of pitches and they're maybe a little gripping it a little bit too hard, and that, again, we talk about nerves for the Chaminade baseball team as they head into conference play. I know they're 5-8. and eight. They've already had some games under their belts, but this is like the first time, though, that they're in conference. Right, and we mentioned Orozco starting this inning with two high pitches, so maybe he's overcorrecting and getting his release point out a little too ahead of himself, and that's why he's hitting the dirt. Count is full to Nick Geo, the second baseman, the right-handed hitting second baseman, runner in scoring position as that runner is Hayden Huff, advancing on the ball in the dirt, the last pitch. Orozco comes set, another fastball in the dirt, but a good stop by Joe DeCour. So I guess it was 2-2, two and two. now it's 3-2. and two. A little hard to read the scoreboard from where we are, but that's all right. The thing I can read is it's an 11-1 HP advantage. That's all that really matters. So count is full. Cleanman, Cato Cleanman, the second baseman, dogging at second base. Going to go back to his regular position, and Nick Geo is going to swing and foul this one off down the third base line. Keeping the count at 3-2, and two, fighting it off. Yeah, I really like this at-bat by Gio here. Went down 0-2, has worked his way all the way back, fouling off as many pitches as he can, trying to get that one to hit and drive in that run from second. Wants to stay short and sweet here with two outs. 3-2 count. Orozco peers in, gets his sign. Hayden Huff at second base, taking a, quite a big lead. Check down to second. Bouncing around is Hayden Huff. Here's the delivery by Roscoe. On a line off the third baseman. Evan Williams' glove, and that's going to get all the way down to the corner, and that's going to score Hayden Huff from second, and Nick Geo has got himself an RBI single here in the fourth inning, making that lead now 11 runs as HPU leads 12-1 to over their rival, the Chaminade Silver Sword. And Geo gets off the schneid there, started over 3, picks up a big RBI single, and as I mentioned, a very impressive at bat, getting down 0-2, Working the count full, and then a big line drive off, off the glove of Williams for that base hit. Skyler Agnew next up for the Sharks. Orozco comes set, delivers, breaking ball, in there for a strike. Beautiful breaking ball to start off Agnew's at bat. Agnew with a triple in RBI, triple in the first inning, followed by a single back one inning to go in the third. Gio takes his lead at first base. Here's the delivery by Roscoe. Inside. No, going to be called a strike on the inside corner. Again, yeah. we talk about that expanded zone. Bringing the count now to 0-2. Two outs here in the bottom of the fourth. 12-1 lead for the Sharks. Roscoe peers over at first base just to check where Gio is. Comes set. Delivers. Fastball. Ooh, Ooh That one is called a ball. Nice frame job, though, by Joe DeCour. i got to give him an A for effort on that one. And I think Agnew kind of thought he might be in trouble there on the inside corner, but like you said, a good frame job by DeCour. Made things a little closer than they were. 1-2 count here for Skylar Agnew. 
Roscoe comes set, delivers. Fastball down the middle is going to be fouled down the third base line. Will it be deep enough to fall? So it does fall, but into foul territory. So another swing at it and another bite at the apple for Agnew coming up. It's a 1-2 count here in the bottom of the fourth inning. HPU expanding its lead now to 12-1. So definitely a great start to conference play for the Sharks. Nick Gio at first base reaching on that RBI single. 1-2 count, two outs here in the bottom of the fourth. Defense playing straight away. Orozco sets, delivers the 1-2 pitch. Foul just down the right, the right field line. Good swing there on that inside pitch by Agnew. HPU doing damage in every inning so far. Six in the first, one in the second, two in the third, and already three across here in the fourth inning. Orozco peers over at first base to Gio in his lead. Comes set now, gets his sign from his catcher, Decor. Delivers, fastball, outside corner, fouled off. Over the left, the third base bleachers. I was going to say left field bleachers, but then I realized there's just bullpen over there. <laughs> it's in the area. You it's, have, you have the right, right area there. One-two count still here to Agnew as Orozco comes set. Here's the one-two delivery. Breaking ball. Down in the dirt, but fought off by Agnew, who hits it to second baseman, who Cleanman, who's able to put him out at first base for out number three. And that is going to end the fourth inning. With the Sharks leading 12-1, you're listening to HPU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. DSE Hawaii, a proud supporter of OIA Sports on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, is a locally owned and operated union electrical contracting company. Established in 1988, DSE Hawaii provides services to general contractors, building owners, property management companies, architects, and engineers. Their commitment to the electrical industry is focused on quality, efficiency, and most importantly, customer service and satisfaction. DSE Hawaii, providing quality work in the most efficient manner. This is HPU Athletics on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, AM 760, and hawaiisportsradio.com. To the top of the fifth we go here between HPU and Chaminade. Caleb Kim takes the first pitch down the right field line. Giving chase will be the second baseman, Nicholas Gio, who, oh, has it pop out of his glove, but in foul territory. It's going to bring the count to 0-1. A good effort, kind of in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, and Gio came out of nowhere. The first baseman, Johnson, and the left fielder, Suzuki, were kind of not jogging, but kind of trying to figure out where the ball was. And you see Gio just sprint out of nowhere to almost make that catch. Kyle Galdera, Alan Mia, here at Central Oahu Regional Park for the Pac West opener in baseball between rivals Chaminade and HPU. HPU leading 12 to 1 here in the top of the fifth. Caleb Kim. The shortstop for Shaman up at the plate. Looks at strike two. Still on the bump for the Sharks is the freshman Jordan o Ochin, who's done a phenomenal job this evening. The next pitch by Ochin is just off the plate. Yeah, Ochin. He's like, wondering where's the expanded zone for him. <laughs> Unfortunately for him, it doesn't really work that way, although it should, right? If the umpire is going to open it for one team, he should for the other. Has another ball outside. Yeah, Ochin tried to come with a, a slider on that last pitch, making the count 2-2. Two and two. 
Ochin working quickly. I love it. Ochin comes set, delivers. This one's lifted in the air. High. Hayden Huff under it, though, tracks it, takes a couple steps back, and has it for out number one. And that's one of those balls, Alan, where if we had a breeze blowing out the left field, that one might have been gone. But luckily for HPU, it hangs up there, and Huff makes the catch, retiring Kim and bringing up Jake Harper to the top of the order for Chaminade. Yeah, Jake Harper 0 for 2, has lined out to the shortstop, T.J. Smith, and also has uh, uh, grounded out to T.J. Smith. So, Jake Harper looking for his first hit on the evening. Here's the pitch by Ochin in there for a strike. 12 to 1, 1 out here, 0-1 count. Ochin comes set, delivers again. Change up, left high in the zone for ball 1. And for Ochin here, it's important for him not to let Chaminade back in this game by issuing free passes. Let them put it in play. Next pitch by Ochin's driven all the way down to Hayden Huff, but right at him for out number two. Yeah, Ochin doing a great job all night through these five innings, almost five innings for him, getting the, at least the first and sometimes the second consecutive batter to start every inning really limiting what Chaminade can do, only scoring that one run back in the second inning. Yeah, two quick outs here for Ochin as that brings up left fielder Aiden Lobedos. First pitch is a ball. 1-0 count, here comes the second pitch, working quickly, in there for a strike, making the count 1-1. One one. Ochin not messing around, really, is, is almost quick pitching here. Gets a set, gets a sign, gets set, and delivers again. This one, hard ground ball to T.J. Smith on the left-handed side grab. Throws it over to the first baseman, Daniel Johnson, for the putout. And that's going to end a quick 1-2-3, top of the fifth for the Sharks as we head to the bottom of the fifth inning. You're listening to Hawaii Pacific University Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. This is HPU Sharks Baseball brought to you by DSC Hawaii on HSRN 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Patsy Mink Central Oahu Regional Park. It's been an entirely solid team effort by HPU so far. A 12-1 lead over Chaminade. And just like Hawaii Pacific Health, HPU is taking the team approach to providing the expert care you need when and where you need it. Together, we are creating a healthier Hawaii. And for HPU, a healthy start to the PacWest season. 12-1 over Chaminade. Orozco, the freshman, for Chaminade in the game still. Came back in in the fourth inning in relief of starter Mac El Elski. Here's the first pitch. In there for a strike to lead off the bottom of the fifth will be Kota Suzuki, the right fielder. The phenom, actually. And Newcomer of their year last year. Alan Suzuki has two sack flies. He's the only batter for HPU not to have a hit so far. Well, that's going to change this one as there's ball one as he looks on the outside corner. Orozco gets his sign, trying to work quickly as well. As calls off. Actually, he calls off the sign, so he had to wait again. So here's the delivery finally from Orozco. In there for a strike on Kota Suzuki. Right as I said he was working quickly, <laughs> he opted not to go with what the uh, Joe DeCour had put down. 1-2 count to Suzuki, hitting from the left side. HPU star-studded right fielder. Ooh. This one is lined up the middle. It's going to be a hit, and Suzuki's going to collect his first hit of the evening. You called it, Alan. That's going to change as he went from hitless to hit full. 
and that bat waggle leads to a really quick approach to the ball, almost a tomahawk up the middle for a two-strike hit. As that's going to bring up uh, Chase Taylor. And for Chaminade, I'm being told that Andrew Carnes is in the game, I believe at third base. We'll get a final judgment on that when the lineup gets cleaned out. But basically, Chaminade starting to move some of its reserves into this ballgame. As Orozco's first pitch to uh, Chase Taylor is up in the zone for ball one. So Suzuki at first after a leadoff single. Taylor looks at strike one as that one hits the outside corner by Orozco. The designated hitter for HPU, one for three on the evening, had a single back in the first inning. Has also a strike, uh, struck out looking back in the second and then grounded out the third in the third. Orozco comes set. Delivers. Breaking ball. Inside corner. Oh, and that's a line drive past the third baseman who looked like he lost it in the, the lights a little bit. So it would be interesting to see what the scorekeeper gives it. And it's going to give it an air as it might have kind of came off the glove. Tough tough crowd here tough, tonight. Is the tough crowd score. by the scorekeeper here. <laughs> and I mentioned Andrew Carnes. He is now playing third base for Chaminade. So as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of blind spots on this field. Maybe Carnes, fresh off the bench, lost that one in the lights. But it was, I'd like to say, a routine play right at him. And that's why it's ruled an error. Runners on first and second now for the Sharks. Another hot start to an inning has been the theme all, all night long. Suzuki at second, Taylor at first, brings up T.J. Smith. T.J. Smith on track here for the natural cycle. Had a single back in the first, a double back in the second, a triple in the fourth. The right, the shortstop, looks at ball two up in the zone, a hanger. And for T.J. Smith, he's, I think, looking dead red here, trying to get that Home run and complete the cycle. Counts even at one apiece here. Runners on first and second. T.J. Smith looking for the four-bagger to complete a cycle. Naturally, by the way. 12-1 lead here in the bottom of the fifth. And there's a fastball taking a hack with T.J. Smith. He's going to hit this down the right field line. Will it stay fair? And it's going to be, oh, what a grab by the right fielder. But it falls off the glove. It's going to be fair ball. And everyone's going to go station to station. And T.J. Smith is going to be on with the single. And that might have been one of the longest as far as distance and time. That was like a seven-second hang time fly ball that the right fielder, Ryan Ruck, Ruck you know. couldn't quite get to. But props to Chaminade getting that ball in quickly, keeping HPU, which couldn't get quite too far off the bases because they don't want to get doubled up, and at least holding it to bases loaded, no runs yet. Ducks on the pond now for Ian Wolski, the catcher for HP, as he looks at ball one up in the zone and off the plate. 1-0 count here, Orozco. In a little bit of a jam here, bases are loaded. Nobody out. 12-1 lead for the Sharks. Orozco gets his sign from the full windup, comes set and delivers. Down in the zone, but it's going to be called a strike. Kind of a shrug of his shoulders by, by Wolski. One for three on the night. With a run scored. Roscoe comes set. Now working from the windup. Sorry, now working from the stretch. 
Roscoe gets his sign now. Comes set. Delivers. Fastball down the middle. Swung on and missed by Wolski. And Wolski's helmet almost came flying off on that one. He's trying to drive that one out of this ballpark and make it a what would be a 15-run lead. It's been all Sharks tonight. A good offensive performance on top of a beautiful pitching performance from the freshman for the Sharks, Ochin. But Orozco, the freshman for Shamanad, comes set, delivers. Wolski looks at that one right down the middle for strike three, and that's going to be the first out here in the bottom of the fifth. And that's the second inning in a row Wolski has struck out looking. So you know he is hungry to drive the ball and maybe just needs to, to calm down a bit, shorten the swing, especially knowing at that point the bases are loaded. Just try to drive one in, keep the hit parade going. And there's a lot of protection behind him as well as uh, brings up first baseman Daniel Johnson, two for three so far this evening. Base is still loaded. Smith at first, Taylor at second, Suzuki at third. Ball's fouled off. First strike one. Johnson with a double in the first and a single in the fourth, looking to add to his hit collection as well. Also got caught stealing on a very beautiful play by Joe DeCur for one, blocking the ball out of picking the ball out of the dirt and a nice play by Kleeman at second base for the out. As J Johnson pops this up to the second baseman, not going to be deep enough to move anybody, but the second baseman, Kleeman goes back, gets it for out number two. That'll bring up Noah Hata, who has a fielder's choice RBI, a single, and a triple. So again, a normally you look at the eight hole in the lineup and you think, okay, as a pitcher, maybe I can get through this relatively easy. But Hata is basically a leadoff batter hitting eighth in this powerful Dane Fujinaka lineup. So nobody to really dance around here with the bases loaded and two out. Yeah, the bottom of the line coming up really clutch uh, this evening. And actually, all season long for the Sharks as Orozco gets a sign, comes set, and delivers his first pitch to Hata in there for a strike, a breaking ball to lead it off. 12-1 lead here in the bottom of the fifth. Two outs. Bases are loaded. Smith at first. Taylor at second. Suzuki at third. Orozco, the pitcher for Chaminade, comes set, delivers. Breaking ball in the dirt. Another great stop there by Joe DeCour, his catcher. Some of the HBU softball players here taking in the game, and it's a good reminder that you can catch HBU softball right here on HSRN on Saturday as we start our softball season coverage. HPU hosting UH Hilo with the doubleheader at noon and 2.30 p.m. 1-1 one, one count here, and you and I will be on that call as well. Yeah, looking forward to that one too. A big sweeping breaking ball just inside for ball two. Two and one the count here, two outs, bottom of the fifth. 12-1 lead here for the Sharks. A beautiful night for baseball. As Orozco gets his signs. Base is loaded. Here's the delivery. Down low. Oh, comebacker, but a nice play by Orozco to get the glove there for out number three on a line drive back to the pitcher, and that's going to do it. The first time all evening long, HPU has been held scoreless here in this inning. So, after five, it's 12 to 1 HPU. You're listening to Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Home of HPU Athletics, KGUAM, K236CR, Honolulu, is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on AM 760 and 95.1 FM. Welcome back here to Corp. For the Pac West opener between Chaminade and HPU, Kyle Galdera, Alan Mia here as Cudell for Chaminade. 
hit the tapper back to the second, uh, back to the first baseman Johnson, who's going to flip it to pitcher Jordan Ochin for out number one. A quick three-one put out. Yeah, nice to see Ochin still remaining focused. That's one of those plays that you tell your right side of the infield get over, whether it's a ground ball to second, first, or the pitcher. As long as you have somebody covering, HPU did and got that first out. Ochin working quickly as that brings up uh, second baseman Kato Kleinman. Ball one on the inside corner. Top of the six. 12-1 lead for the Sharks. Ochin working again. Foul ball down the right field line. Strike one. One and one count here. One apiece. And for Ochin, if he can continue moving not only at this pace, but continuing to throw strikes, I wonder how long Coach Dane Fujinaka will leave him in. We mentioned innings eater for Shamanon. Maybe he'll continue to eat innings for HPU. Breaking ball by Ochin, hit right up the middle by Kleinman. That's going to make his night perfect still as he, that will make him three for three on that single with three singles. Actually, I believe he's... Correction, I was now. looking at the wrong person. <laughs> Again. <laughs> My eyes are getting bad as... That'll make him you, two for three. In case you're following on the live stats, you're not, your eyes aren't deceiving <laughs> no. you, but ours are here <laughs> at Central Ojo Regional Park. Kool Aid, can we have a light next time, please? <laughs> as JT Naviak comes up. Oh boy. He's going to foul one down the line, making the count 0-1. Even the softball team's having a yeah. chuckle at our expense over to our left. JT Naviak, the designated hitter, transfer from, of course, Cal State Fullerton, coming back home to play 0-2 on the day, has flown out to left field, and has also a strikeout back in the first inning. 0-1 count to Naviak. Ochin working quickly now from the stretch. Kleeman. On at first. This one's popped up by Naviak to the shortstop. T.J. Smith goes back to his left a little bit and has it for out number two. And I really like that by Smith, not giving way to Hata from center, staying on that ball because sometimes with the lights here, it's a tough play for the outfielder coming in. Even though you would think logically, right, outfield coming in, it's an easier play, Smith made the right call there, making that out for number two. And that's going to bring up Ryan Ruck, the right fielder here for Shamanad. Ochin working fast again, starts him off with the backdoor breaking ball in the outside corner in for a strike. Kleinman at first base. 0-1 count now. Ryan Ruck, 1 for 2 on the night, steps out time as time is called. I believe the count is 1-1. One and one. The umpire correcting things on the scoreboard. Ochin delivers. This one's popped up now to center field. And calling it, and almost a collision. I don't know what happened there between Noah Hata and Kota Suzuki, or Kota Suzuki was just playing around with Noah Hata, but able to make the grab nonetheless, and they're going to strand a runner at first base. And after the top of the sixth, HPU leads 12-1. You're listening to Sharks Baseball here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Hawaii Pacific Health presents HPU Sharks Baseball on HSRN 95.1 FM, AM 760, and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. Top of the sixth here between the Sharks and the Silver Swords. Bottom of the sixth. Kyle Galdera, Alan Mia here. Orozco, the pitcher for Shamanad, comes, sets, delivers. Pitch number one is hit and tattooed to center field, but right there underneath it's going to be Jake Harper for out number one as leading off was Noah Hata. Actually, I believe that was Hayden Huff who did his best home run attempt there as he tried to drive it to center. That's going to be settled under by Harper. And then we have a pinch hitter 
It's going to be number nine for HPU. Millic or Caleb Milliken, another grad student for HPU, is now. I think we're going to see a lot of subs coming into this game with HPU up comfortably, twelve to one. Caleb, the left. Caleb hits from the left-handed side. Orozco comes set, gets his sign. One out here in the bottom of the six. Delivers. Fastball. Fouled straight back. And for the Sharks here, 8-1 on the season. If everything holds, they'll move to 9-1. And, and this is one of those opportunities for Coach Dane. If he can get some reserves into the game, not only do you get the potential victory, but you get some playing time for some of your backups. Milliken fouls this one around to the first baseman. 0-2 count. O2 count here, one out. 12-1 lead for the Sharks, bottom of the sixth inning. Offen it's been a, a you know a really wonderful offensive output here for the Sharks as they make some adjustments to the first base bag. Doing a little grounds work as well as umpiring down at the first baseline for <laughs> or, uh, for uh, John Matson. Orozco gets his sign. O2 count here. To Milliken. Here's the pitch. Breaking ball in the dirt. Another wonderful stop by DeCour. Ball one. Yeah, DeCour really putting in a great effort tonight, even though it might not show in a lopsided potential defeat for Chaminade. And I think that ball hit the batter, Milliken, on the foot because he's making his way down to first base. And are we going to get a argument? Yeah, Chad Konishi is saying, what the heck's going on? I yeah. thought it was a ball in the dirt. And now the pit, now the umpires uh, are going to have a conference here as Konishi saying, that ball didn't hit him. Can you at least ask for help to make sure, like, maybe you saw something that didn't happen? And as the umpires get together to and talk they have about that, it. And they have that pace where it's like, oh, oh yeah. what do you want me to say, dude? Right. They're like, we're going to sit here and talk about it for a few seconds then look back at Coach Konishi and say, eh, we're going to stick with our call. And I, and That's my prediction. And here's the hard part I would say for these umpires. They're probably going also like, well, we didn't really see it. But to be fair, all night long he's been in the dirt too, though. So. And at this point, I think you really have to stick with the call. Oh, the batter is oh. going to be sent. What do I know, right? He's going to be sent back to home plate. So maybe it looks like the third base umpire, Arturo Belmonte, had the best view of it looking at the left-handed hitter. And he seemed to be the one that overruled the call. So Caleb Milliken trots back uh, to grab his bat that he tossed away thinking he was hit by a pitch. Left-handed hitting Caleb Milliken. Pinch hitting for Nicholas Gio. 1-2 count. Orozco gets set and delivers. Fastball. Fouled off down the left field line. Out of play. Yeah, and this inning had a nice pace to it, but after all the foul balls and that little conference, it's slowed a bit here in the sixth inning. One-two count. Roscoe comes set with the next pitch. Breaking ball. Leads it up in the zone. Hit down uh, to the first baseman, uh, Casey Cudell, who has a hard time picking it up. And actually, it's going to be ruled to air as great hustle down the line by Kayla Milliken. And that's going to be an error on Cudell, who couldn't quite make the pickup. The pitcher was there trying to cover, but not in time, and Milliken makes his way on. That's going to bring up third baseman Skylar Agnew. 
two for four on the day with a run scored. Milliken at first base, reaching on that air by Cudell. Roscoe from the stretch delivers fastball by Agnew for strike one. A lot of healthy swings by HPU tonight, not getting cheated, and I really like that aggressive approach by the Sharks tonight. Up still by 11, still hacking. Matthew Orozco comes set in the stretch. We got defensive changes. We'll get to that in just a second as Agnew peers in, swings over the top for strike two. 0-2 count, a big hack by Agnew. And when you're up 12-1, to you can take healthy hacks like that. From the stretch, Orozco gets his sign from Decor. Peers over at first base where Milliken is. Fastball up and tight. Bailing out of the way barely is going to be Skyler Agnew. Makes the count one and two. A plethora of changes coming defensively for the Silver Swords. Kevin Hashiro frantically going through all the changes. Orozco, fastball up and in, fouled off by Agnew. If Kevin Hashiro is here giving us all the changes, who's keeping score? Thank you, Kevin. As the count is 1-2, and 12-1, to one, top, bottom of the sixth. Agnew still hanging in there. Fouled off the last couple pitches. Orozco peers over at first base. Oh, no. Where Milliken is set. Don't say it. And this one's fouled off again down the third base line. As I know what Kyle wants to say right now, but we are not going to make it worse by jinxing us. The good news is we are in the sixth inning. So if anything were to come to a halt, we'd be in good position. But we're going to have some changes for you right after this pitch. One-two count. Agnew fouling off the last three pitches. A nice little battle brewing here between Orozco and Agnew. Milliken still at first base. Small lead. No threat to run. Orozco delivers. Foul ball again down the left field line. All right, let's catch everyone up on some changes for Shamanat. Still playing third is Carnes. Kia'i Kia Kavai, pardon me, out of Kamehameha is playing left field. Uh, playing center field is Ace Perry for Shamanat. Lobedos moves over to right field. And then playing first base is Braden Braga. So it's actually going to be Braga credited with that error a bit ago and another hit for HPU. Yeah, Agnew doing a good job of pulling the ball through the 3-4 hole. Going to move Milliken to second base. He's going to, and Agnew down to first base on that single. And that's Agnew's third hit of the evening. The hits just keep on coming for the Sharks as they lead 12-1 with runners on first and second. Just one out. And that's going to bring up again right fielder Kota Suzuki. Two sack flies, two ribbies, one single. One for two on the day. Runners on first and second. The left-handed hitting Suzuki waggles his bat around. Orozco comes set from the stretch, delivers up in the zone for a ball as the mist has lightly started to fall from the skies. Yeah, I was going to say it. Something Don Robbs used to call it when we played baseball at Hans LaRange, the YPO wet is happening here at Central Oahu Regional Park. Fastball by Roscoe is on the outside corner for a strike, evening up the count at one apiece to Suzuki. Milliken, second base. Agnew, first base for the Sharks. 12-1 lead here in the bottom of the sixth. 
1-1 count as Orozco comes set from the stretch. Gets his sign from DeCour. Delivers. Fastball inside corner. Just a bit inside, though, for ball two. 2-1 two and one count now. As It's just a light sprinkle as it's actually starting to come down just a tad bit harder, but not too bad. Still playable as we try to finish this game. 12-1 lead, bottom of the sixth inning. Here's the pitch. Breaking ball. In there for a strike on Suzuki, making the count even at two apiece. And for Suzuki here, the last thing you want to do is swing at something out of the zone. You just want to put it in play, try to keep things moving, help your team add to their lead. Roscoe comes set, delivers. This one's hammered down deep to center field, but it's going to be right at the center fielder for out number two, and the runners will stay put. And that is Perry who made that catch. He just checked in. Ace Perry coming up aces for Chaminade, making a nice catch on the line drive. And that's going to bring up the designated hitter, Chase Taylor. Chase Taylor, the right-handed hitting, designated hitter. Runners on first and second. Milliken at second, Agnew at first. Orozco still in for the Silver Swords. Done a phenomenal job coming in relief for starter Mac Elski. First pitch to, to Taylor is down and low for ball one. Orozco peers in. Doesn't even bother checking the runners. Sets and delivers. Ball's down. Ball one. And that goes back to our point earlier about HP up by 11. They're not going to steal. Chaminade not even holding the runners. It's kind of a gentleman's agreement between the coaches at that point. Good sportsmanship being shown. Some of the fans not agreeing. They say HP should keep stealing. And this one's hit hard to the shortstop. Flipped over to second base for a quick out on the fielder's choice. 6-4 put out. And that's going to end the inning here in the bottom of the six with the Sharks still leading 12-1. You're listening to Sharks Baseball here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. This is HPU Athletics on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, AM 760, and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. Welcome back to Central Oahu Regional Park. Kyle Galdera and Alan Mia here with you on a Thursday evening baseball affair the pack west opener sharks busting it open 12 to 1 over local rival chaminade and we have a bunch of changes coming throughout the game so we'll try to keep you posted i thought andrew carnes was up to bat but i think it was a different player who got out last so it is going to be andrew carnes leading off here in the seventh inning the main thing is at least one of us can, can keep the right book from here on out we'll try to keep you on track that was crazy. <laughs> and the thing we do know is HPU has a new pitcher. It is Kainoa Holt, the left veteran HPU player, tossing in a strike there. And the HPU softball team cheers him on. Holt with his left-handed delivery in there for strike two to Carnes. As the softball team yelling out, hold! So I think I might know what happened now. I think Carnes came in instead of for... Evan Williams. Right, so he came in for Williams, not Ruck. So right, Ruck okay. 
Okay, I think we're all caught up now. As it's all in the dirt by Holt. So Carnes is in the right spot. He is in the seven hole if you're scoring at home. Twelve runs for HPU, just one for Shamanat. This pitch is going to be lined to right. Suzuki is camped under it and makes the catch for out number one. I know we're both uh, big stats guys, and I, I want to take this opportunity to give a big shout-out to longtime L.A. stats man, Doug Mann. He passed away last night. He was the statistician going back to Vin Scully and some of the greats in L.A., so rest in aloha to Doug Mann. I know the Lakers gave him a shout-out tonight as Holt still pitching here, but big shout-out here. He was a big, influential L.A. stats figure. And this pitch is going to be fouled away, evening the count. I believe, nope, Joe DeCour is still in here. A little hard to read the numbers for Chaminade, but we're still on track. Yeah, the, as far as that, our lineup. that gray on white, the white on gray is, is, is tough to see, but no, the bottom of the lineup should have, should remain the same. It's, it's that when we get to the top where we don't know where they slotted in, who they went in for. And what threw me off guard as the pitch is in there for, I believe, a ball, one and two the count to DeCour, was the umpire made a signal like there was a change, but I think he was just trying to hurry the pitcher up. Yeah, a little bit slower pace. Here's the one-two pitch in the dirt, swung on and missed. Throw down to first is in time, but it's be wide. E2. So it's going to be a strikeout and an E2, allowing the runner to reach. And so with one out, that brings up Caleb Kim with the runner on first. Yeah, I think that's a that's a case of just the ball's a little wet after it, it got on the ground and it just kind of slipped out of the hands on the release point uh, by the catcher Ian Wolski for the air, errant throw. Holds pitch just outside to Caleb Kim. Caleb Kim having a quite you know quite good game here. Has hit the ball solid. And with speaking of solid, this ball is going to be lined to right in there for a hit. Kim. Racing to second. He's going to be in there with the stand-up double. Great yes. job by Suzuki. That ball was really hustling down the line, and that easily could have gone to the corner, but Suzuki able to utilize his speed to track it down, get it, and then just fire it off a skip off the turf to get it in to make sure that no runner advanced home, stranding the runners at uh, Joe DeCur at third. So as we hit the two-hour mark, runners on second and third for Chaminade, trailing 12-1. to one. Here in the top of the seventh inning. Really nice job by Jordan Ochin starting things off for the Sharks with six solid innings. And now Holt trying to prevent any comeback attempt by Chaminade as he drops a strike in there to Jake Harper. Pardon me, this is the new center fielder, number four, Kiai Kavai. So Kavai is playing left, pardon me. He subbed in last inning on defense. So Kavai batting for Harper now, fouling that one away. One in, pardon me, 0-2 oh the count. There's going to be a test tomorrow, so yeah. I hope, you, hope you're keeping track, Alan. Oh, this ball in the dirt, that's going to result in a Chaminade run. Another wild pitch. Makes the score 12-2. to two. It's Still in favor of the Sharks, though. Nice cushion to work with.
And that one hurts a little bit. You look at like how Joe Decor got on base. He, he struck. He got. You know, he struck out, but then he reaches on that errant throw and able to advance on that double, and then a wild pitch scores him. So Kavai takes that pitch low, evening the count at two and two. Kavai lives right down the road in Eva Beach. Made his way here via Kamehameha Kapalama. I thought you were going to say the rail. <laughs> As this ball's lined at the left for an RBI single. Well, if it was still operating, maybe I'd yeah. say it, it could be the case, but good news for Chaminade they have not laid down their bats and they continue to fight now trailing 12 to 3 here in the top of the seventh inning you know and Kiai Kavai doing a great job on that at bat a little errant from kind of a hold as he's just entering the game and trying to kind of find his command and then able to capitalize on a, a fastball left up in the zone and pull it down the line for that single and now Ethan Labados up to bat again he remains in his spot in the lineup even though he switched to right field last inning This ball taken outside for ball one. Fun fact, Aiden Lobedos, his stepdad, is Mark Carpenter, who's on the news for Hawaii News Now. And he's his mom is my classmate from Kamehameha. So it all comes together here at HPU Baseball when Shamanad's come into town. You left me specious. I did not know that. Yeah. So Ashley Carpenter, Mark's wife, is my classmate. Gotcha. Okay. 2-0 the count to Lobedos. Takes this one, pardon me, 3-0 outside for ball four. So Lobedos walks. Kavai moves to second. And Chaminade has a mini rally brewing here in the seventh inning. Two runs across so far. Two runners on. Yeah, I think we're going to get a pitching change already because what you don't want to do is even though you got this big cushion and this big lead, you don't want to let this get out of hand by sticking with someone. So uh, real quickly... Dane's going to go and make the change so things don't get out of hand here in this inning as two runs have quickly come in with only one out here in the top of the seventh as HPU now only leads 12-3. to three. And for Holt, a little bit wild on the mound, and that reminds us that it's your turn to vote. you got to vote. Visit HonoluluZoo.org daily through March 3rd and help the Honolulu Zoo get crowned as the best zoo in the nation according to USA Today. And that's going to, the pitching change is going to be number 43, Steven Escarcega, coming in. Say that 10 times. Escarcega. He's a sophomore standing 6 foot, 170 pounds. And so far on the young season. Just one appearance, one inning, one hit allowed, and two strikeouts. So hopefully he can use some of that strikeout prowess to get Chaminade out here in the seventh inning without any further damage. Yeah, the six-foot, uh, 170 right-handed pitcher coming in right now, throwing, a, you know, just trying to get a feel for that zone and his command, especially with the ball maybe being a little bit uh, a wet from that, you know, earlier mist we had. So uh, really working on on just trying to hit command spots and and. And what you don't want to do is get over overzealous here, and you, you just want to make sure you don't overthrow. You don't want to make you want to make sure, even though the ball might be a little wet, you don't want to overgrip it and, and hold on too tight and get out in front of it because you're going to put a lot of things, you know, a lot of balls in the dirt. So he's got to just really kind of sit back here and and, and really just kind of just try to hit his spots and, and play catcher with catcher. I know it's cliche to say, but in a situation this like this, when you're up 12 to three, it's what you really want to be doing. 
And I believe coming up for Chaminade should be the new first baseman, Braden Braga, who checked in last inning on defense. And Braga had an error, so we'll see if he can atone for that. Maybe drive in a run or two here. 12-3 to the score. HPU leading Chaminade top of the seventh inning. One out so far. Sharks looking to get out of their first real jam of the game. Braga with his first set bat of the game. Right-handed hitter. Pops this one up. Foul. Escar Sega. A little bit of zip to his fastball. The right-handed pitcher. Wearing number 43. I like that baseball name. Braden Braga. Hitting PBs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what he can do here. Nice curveball by Escar Sega in the dirt. One and one the count. New uniforms for HP. Really nice looking. And a broadcaster's delight as their numbers are large and in charge so he can read them. Oh. Braga loops this one to left, and it's going to hang up and be caught by Huff. Nice job there by Huff of getting under it. And again, because there's a light breeze tonight, that ball really didn't carry. But normally at this ballpark, that one might have threatened the fence. Yeah, I thought he got a hold of that one, and it was going to come to fruition. You know, his name, initials being BB. He hit a BB <laughs> down the left field. But good job by uh, Hayden Huff getting underneath that and actually having to, you know, getting a good throw into second base, returning uh, Kiai Kavai back. So Kleinman back in for his fourth at bat tonight. A couple of singles to his credit. Shamana down by nine, two outs here in the top of the seventh inning. Here's the pitch, taken just a bit outside. I, st I believe this is Kleinman still. We haven't got any notification yet of a change. Here's the 2-0 pitch. It's going to be popped up foul. And it is Kleinman. And I'm watching uh, Kia Ikavai at second base getting real healthy lead, and, and nobody really keeping them honest there. T.J. Smith playing regular depth, and, and so is second baseman Nicholas, uh, what was Nicholas Geo, but now is Kayla Milliken. Here's the pitch in the dirt. Nice stop there by Wolski. That's going to move the count to 3-1 and one in favor of Kleinman. Of course, you're not looking to, you know, still and possibly be that third out at third base, but at the same time, you know, something like a single, which you could probably keep him at third, might now turn into another run here with that lead he's taking. Oh, and another free pass issued by HPU. So two outs, bases loaded for Chaminade. And a big opportunity here for the Silver Swords to maybe get back in this one. As JT Naviak comes up to the plate, 0 for 3 so far, but a dangerous hitter out of that DH spot. So Kleinman at first, Lobetos at second, and Kavai at third for the Swords. Chaminade in their gray unis, contrasting HPU's all white kits. Oh, kits. I got that soccer lingo for you, Alan. Kits, all right. This ball's just a bit outside. and, and it, I, I'm not a fan of this. Let me, sorry to cut you off, but if the ump's going to expand the zone about a foot for HPU, 
you got to give Chaminade some of those strike calls too. I was just going to say kind of like for Escarcego, I just think he's kind of come in here and he's just trying to throw, you know, he's just trying to overthrow right now, throw hard, show his velo, but I, I think he just kind of needs to work right now on, on release point, finding that command. Again, you're sitting up here nine runs, so, you know, you, you got plenty of room to work with, but you, what you don't want to be doing is giving these free passes and putting a quarter in the merry-go-round. Here's the 2-1 pitch to Naviok, and he gets hit on the elbow. That's going to bring in a run, and I would think HPU might argue that because he kind of stuck his hand out into it. And no and that. no argument, so they're going to let it stand. It's going to be a hit-by-pitch and an RBI, and that narrows the lead for HPU to 8. It's 12-4 to four now, top of the seventh inning, two out. I thought he kind of stuck his the knob out there. And it looked like it got knobbed to me, but apparently they're saying it got wrist and hands, though. That's the next pitch thrown in there. Ooh, that one's called a ball. And this will bring up 31. Is it still Ruck? No, no it's going to be Ace so Perry. Ace Perry slotted in here instead of Ruck. So now that pitch in there for a strike, one and one to Perry, playing center field for Chaminade. But I understand your point, though. Like, if you're going to expand the zone on one side, you got to expand it on the other side, too. You can't be tight to HPU just because they're up by, you know, at that time was 11 runs, but then expand it open for Chaminade just to help them and get them out of the, this situation. Right. Is that curveball's in there for a strike? And my point is, if you're going to expand the zone, do it for both teams. If you're going to contract the zone, do it for both teams. It, like and, you and said, you can't make it so lopsided that it's easy for a team to get back in the game. You want to keep the game going. That's the whole point. You know, I was okay with the strike zone as it was. You, you know what I mean? To, in general, the way it started out before things kind of got a little bit out of hand for Chaminade here. Uh, just and, and, and that was no fault to anybody except for the fact that, you know, Chaminade for tonight at least has just run into a really hot offensive team in, in the Sharks. And I guess that's my point, though, is down by eight. If Perry can get into one, one swing makes it just a four-run deficit. Here's the pitch. It's going to be fouled away again. Another one-two count coming as Escar Sega facing the recently checked-in Ace Perry. And, and and here's the here, here's the thing. If you're Shamanad, there's two mindsets that you got nothing to lose, so just go ahead and, 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 and swing for the fences here. And a big swing there is going to be collected in the dirt. Then stepping on the plate is Wolski, and that's going to be a strikeout to end the inning. Nice job there by Escar Sega, limiting the damage. And that's going to end the top of the seventh for Shamanad. They trail now 12 to 4. We'll be back with the seventh inning stretch and more. This is HPU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. This is HPU Sharks Baseball brought to you by DSC Hawaii on HSRN 95.1 FM and AM 760. Kyle Galdera and Alan Mia back here with you at Central Oahu Regional Park. HPU leading Chaminade 12-4 in the PacWest opener for both teams. And as we get into the seventh inning stretch, it is brought to you by DSE Hawaii, bringing quality, efficiency, and most importantly, customer service and satisfaction to the electrical industry for over 35 years. Leading things off for HPU, TJ Smith. And that ball, I know we had some rain earlier, but that might have brought even more rain as that fly ball is going to be caught by the shortstop, Kim, for out number one. Girl, 
So that'll bring up Ian Wolski, the catcher for the Sharks. And speaking of catcher, we actually have a catcher uh, defensive change here at the catcher's position for Chaminade in his number one, Jaron Bannis. Oh, Bannis, another the five foot seven freshman Kamehameha product. Little Imua pipeline going on here for Chaminade. If you had Imua pipeline on there, ding ding ding, ding ding ding. Yeah, Bannis out of Wahiwa via Kamehameha. And a big healthy cut there by Wolski. Evens the count at one and one. So I would assume that Bannis is now hitting for Decour in the eight hole. But we'll see when they come up to hit. As another swing and a miss by Wolski. Count moves to one and Sorry, two. Sorry, my apologies. But what I, what I see from Wolski is coming in this game hot kind of struggled this game I'm, and it's not been bad he's just got two strikeouts so I, I feel like right now he's just trying to like kind of work through that himself so I'm okay with you know taking big hacks as he is as he, as he just tries to work on his confidence and another error is going to come out of the third base realm as Carnes part of me is going to get his second error as the hard grounder by Wolski is not handled and Wolski reaches base for the second time tonight. Actually, the third time. And he reached on an error at the third base earlier. So that's now twice hard hit balls to third, resulting in errors. A hard hit, a little bit kind of an in-between hop uh, that, that uh, Carnes had to try to get on the short hop. Just couldn't get there in time, so he scooped it up into the air. And Daniel Johnson now picking on the third baseman, going down cleanly for a hit. That's going to rattle into the corner. And that's going to result in a stand-up double for Johnson. So after a little bit of a lull there, HPU kind of cranking up the hit machine again. They're up 12-4 to four and threatening for more with runners on second and third. Only one out here in the bottom of the seventh. And it's one of those situations where you look at, like, you know, we talk about, like, when things are kind of snowballing on you is positionally, you, you make a couple errors, that ball will seem to find you. And it looked like just Carnes right now is just really unsure of himself. Um, it looked like he could have made a play on it but chose not to. And, and I understand why. I'm not dogging him by any means. I, I just think it's one of those situations. He's just, he just doesn't look comfortable right now for whatever reason. Maybe the, the eyesight, the, the, like you said, the lighting is just kind of playing tricks on him. And speaking of playing tricks, this is going to be a pass ball ruled. So Bannis just checked into the game. Maybe he's having trouble seeing the ball. But regardless, it's going to let Wolski in to score. And that pads HPU's lead just a bit more as they surge ahead 13-4 to with the runner Johnson moving from second to third. Still one out. Yeah, and a little bit of a conference here between uh, Bannis and Orozco. And, and it might be a situation where... There might have been a little bit of a cross-up, a mix-up. Maybe, you know, Bannis is thinking a breaking ball is coming, and then you get the dead heater right right, right to the face mask. Um, you know, but gets his glove up just in time as it ricochets off the glove and, and to all the way to the backstop. And we talk about how huge, you know, how much daylight there is between the catcher and the and the backstop here at, at Corp. So Hata up to bat here with the runner on third. He grounds it to first. It's going to be picked up cleanly by Braga. He steps on the bag, and not only does he get the out, but he keeps the runner stranded, at least so far, Johnson at third. And you mentioned, Alan, the lighting here. Something, another bugaboo of mine is the way they have the softball field lights right in the batter's eye of the baseball field. You would think that maybe they could have configured it a little differently, especially knowing that this field is used for night games. 
But Hayden Huff up to bat again in the nine hole. Really productive night for him. Here, here's the funny thing about it, too. I don't even think anyone's playing on the softball field. So, really, <laughs> what's the point of having the lights on tonight? Actually, no, tonight's Thursday. There might be a league game going on. But but I agree. This ball fouled away by Huff. One and one the count. I think we have a, Actually, list, a list of items. Well, maybe complaints and okay. inquiries for okay. Mayor Rick Blangiardi okay. and his team. I will say, though, it's one of the few times I've seen an actual baseball field where home plate is like the batter's facing the sunlight as it's going down in an open recreational park. Usually it's the opposite side where the ball, I mean, the sun is in the fielder's eyes. So the 1-1 count here to Huff, and that's going to be popped up to the right side. We'll continue this conversation in the eighth inning as the out is made and HPU is retired, but... They do add an insurance run and lead Chaminade 13-4 to as we head to the eighth inning. You're listening to HBU Baseball right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Discover a personalized approach to a healthier you at Hawaii Pacific Health Bone and Joint Centers. Our comprehensive centers offer adult and pediatric sports medicine, orthopedic care, and rheumatology services. We're focused on your mobility and quality of life. Our clinic in Kahala also provides walk-in services for minor bone and joint conditions. So stay active and keep doing what you love. Learn more at hawaiipacifichealth.org slash bone and joint centers. Welcome back to Central Oahu Regional Park. Kyle Galdera and Alan Mia taking you to the top of the eighth inning. Chaminade down 13-4. Great night to be a Shark so far. Andrew Carnes up for the Silver Swords. Looking to take a bite out of that nine-run HPU lead as Carnes fouls this one away, evening the count at 1-1. One one. Carnes checked in a few innings ago on defense and has since made a couple of errors. So looking to atone for that here in this at-bat. The pitch taken low by Carnes, 2-1. And, and I'm getting signals. Number 24. Maybe we'll get it later. 34, 44, 24. Kool-Aid. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's our, a 2-2 <laughs> count. <laughs> okay. Our, our operations director here is not a baseball person. So, so... These hand signals, <laughs> I don't know what they mean. <laughs> Escar Siga here with the 2-2 pitch. It's lined into right field, but right at Suzuki, who makes the catch on the run, and then retires Carnes. 2-9, 29. <laughs> I don't know where the 4 came up, and that was supposed to be 29. And it's 29 in right field? All right, so instead of Suzuki making that catch, that was actually Drew Sanidad. The freshman checking in to get some playing time out there. Makes a nice catch for out number one. And that'll bring up, I believe, oh, here's Bannis. So Bannis is in the eight hole. He came in last inning on defense and now is batting for Decour. And he has a healthy cut there, the right-handed batter. And lines this one up the middle. And that's going to fall in for a single. So nice job by Bannis. Nice healthy cut there, getting on base with the single. A nice attempt by center fielder Noah Hata on the dive, but traps it. 
So if you are scoring at home, Sunny Dad is the one in right field for HP who made that first out of the inning, not Suzuki. And we're back to live action now as Caleb Kim, still in the game for Shamanad, takes a ball inside, 1-0. 13-4, the HPU lead. They just need five more outs to finish off this game. And that ball is low but swung on and missed by Kim, evening the count at 1-1. One one. Yeah, Kim right there tried to check his swing, but good job on, on that breaking ball, getting him to commit to it a little bit too much. Escarciga from the stretch comes home with it. That curveball in there. I like to call that a slurve. I don't know what the new terminology, but one and two now the count. Definitely not the sweeper. <laughs> I'm surprised Major League Baseball hasn't gotten a like Swiffer or one of those big sponsors to to sponsor that pitch. That's a that's a marketing gem right there. How about that? As the ball outside, two and two the count. <laughs> if anybody's listening and you take that, please credit. Kyle <laughs> I want no part of that one. Okay, I'll take it. Kim lines this one to center. It is up and down. A nice job of hitting there. Now two runners on for Shamanad here in the eighth inning with just one out. Yeah, I thought Noah Hata was going to make a, a attempt on it, but wisely just kind of puts up his glove, uh, acting like he's he's underneath it to prevent maybe uh, Bannis from uh, advancing to third, but keeps the ball in front of him, kind of was going to be one of those situations where he wouldn't have to make a dive attempt with nobody covering behind him. It could have gone all the way back to the, the fence, so good job of just pulling up on it. And that'll bring up Kia'i Kavai, who took the place of Jake Harper in the leadoff spot for Shamanad, a very young Silver Swords team, and that's going to happen when you start a program from scratch for the first time after a 42-year hiatus, and it goes to show that at 5-8 and eight coming into this game is Kavai lines this one up the middle. The third straight single by the Swords. Now load the bases with one out. What I was about to say was that with so many young players and starting a program from scratch, you're going to have a bunch of freshmen, and Shamanad usually starts five of them. So it's nice to see those youngsters rounding into form as now the base is loaded with one out here in the eighth. Yeah, and since Kia'i uh, Kavai came in, he's two for two on the evening with two hard singles and two really good swings as well trying to make a play for more playing time here maybe perhaps and maybe trying to get a start here for tomorrow. And that'll bring up Aiden Lobedo. Started the game in left field, now playing right field. And we're actually going to get a pinch hitter here. Josh Regala, the freshman out of Georgia, making his way cross country to play for Chaminade. And he takes that first pitch for a strike. That's pretty impressive, you know, finding a player all the way from the state of Georgia to come all the way to Hawaii to play ball. As that pitch is in there for a ball, even in the count at one and one. But nowadays with technology, a lot easier to go ahead and find those players that are like all the way on the East Coast to come here. And then also with all these showcases they now have. A lot of opportunity for young players to showcase their talent. Regala takes the 1-1 pitch, low 2-1. And I like to use this phrase in our basketball broadcast, but HPU kind of on the edge of the danger zone here. They have a nine-run lead, but when you load the bases against a hungry, talented team like Chaminade, things could get a little hairy. Here's the 2-1 pitch. Grounded too short. Well, is it going to be a double play? 6-4, 2-3, in time. 
just like that, the fire is extinguished here in the eighth, and HPU maintains its nine-run lead thanks to the escape job by Escar Siga. We'll be back with the home half of the eighth inning. HPU up 13-4 over Chaminade. You're listening to Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Hawaii Pacific Health presents HPU Sharks Baseball on HSRN 95.1 FM AM 760 and Hawaii Back here for the eighth inning and HP will be facing a new pitcher, Luke Grakel, the freshman from Los Angeles here coming into the game. And remaining in right field will be um, Josh Regala who pinched hit for Lobedos. Yeah, let's update our score sheets here. And coming up to bat for HPU will be the new leadoff hitter, Caleb Milliken, who came in for Nicholas Gio a couple of innings ago. And hopefully for HPU, this will be their last at bat, up by nine. Milliken yeah. with a nice walk-up song. Yeah, I was going to say. Well played, sir. A playoff his name, Millie. Milliken waits for the first offering from Grakel, and it's in there for a strike. Can that expand his zone as that ball looked up and out, but guess caught enough plate for home plate umpire Bruce Raymond. The Bruce is loose. <laughs> as that ball is fouled away, notching the count at 0-2. Be sure to stay tuned after the game. We're going to give out our Yayu player of the game. We've been giving that award out all season long through our prep coverage. And now, even on the basketball, our hard court for HPU. And now we can transition to softball and baseball as we give out that Yayu player of the game. And I mentioned softball. The HPU softballers are still here. And we're going to have coverage of their game, their doubleheader against UH Hilo Saturday, starting a little before noon with the first game and the second game starting around 2.30. Kyle and Alan will be on the call for that one as well at Howard Aokita Field for the last time this season. Such a bittersweet moment. It's such a beautiful field. If you guys have never been, I encourage you guys to check out a game there. Or two if you come see oh, us yeah. on Saturday. This ball grounded down the first baseline, picked up by Braga. He's going to take, take it himself for out number one. And that'll bring up Skyler Agnew. Actually, we're going to get a pinch hitter here. It's going to be for HPU. 34. Number 34, Frankie Perales. We saw him a few times last year getting some action tonight. And I was going to say about Howard Aokita Field, if you do come and join us on Saturday, feel free to Come check out our little press box. I like to call it the clubhouse because you literally have to climb a ladder to get up there. But once you are there, it's one of the best views in softball. I like to call it the wasp nest. <laughs> we'll see if our friends are buzzing around us on Saturday. Oh, this ball just a bit outside to Perales. HP with a 13-4 lead over Chaminade here in the PacWest opener. Coming to you on a beautiful Thursday night from YPO on the central plain of Oahu. Here's the 1-0 pitch. It's going to be fouled away. Nice aggressive hack there by Perales, knowing his team's up by nine, and really his job is just to keep things moving so the Sharks can close things out in the ninth. 
And, you know, the thing is, I know you're up by nine here, but as players getting an opportunity to come in in a pinch hit situation, you want to make the most of your opportunities. That way, when games are tight and changes do need to be made, you're the first one being called upon. Perales grounds it to short. A big hop and a long throw. Not going to be in time. That's going to be a infield single. Nice hustle by Perales. Reaching on the grounder. Kim in the six hole did a good job of getting to it. Just didn't really have enough time to get the speedy Perales. Yeah, Caleb Kim, really good job playing uh, defense there at the shortstop position for the Chaminade Silver Sword. It's been a real bright spot tonight for them. Outside of that one area he had back in the first inning, chalked that up to nerves. Done a really great job at the plate and defensively. What a great stab that was. And Drew Sanidad up for his first at bat here in place of Kota Suzuki. And time is going to be called as the umpires... I think Bannis got crossed up again, maybe. As the umpire, nice job there giving his the catcher some time to shake the cobwebs out after that ball. I think glanced off his helmet. Yeah, and Bannis kind of showing a little disgust here. Second time he's been crossed up this evening. So sending that up with Perales on first. HPU looking to pad its nine-run lead. Oh, a high and tight taken by Sanidad for ball two. That mist that we saw pass through has subsided, so it's a nice clear evening. Hovering around 70 degrees. This ball just a bit outside. 3-0 now the count to Sanidad. Looks like a little frustration from Grekel. Grekel from the stretch, set at the belt. Now comes home with it in there. Oh No, it's not. It's going to be low for ball four, and... I think Greco's saying, hey, you opened that zone all night, and now you're closing it up in the eighth inning. I don't know I don't know about that approach. Kind of walks off the mound. And we got a pinch hitter here, going to be number 30 here for the Sharks, and that's going to be Elijah Igawa, the freshman, 5'9", 180-pounder. So HBU filling up the box score not only with hits, but with players as well as Igawa will give Taylor the DH a rest. Coming up to bat with two runners on, only one out here in the eighth inning. Sanidad on first and Perales on second. And Igawa, the right-handed hitter, facing Grekel. Here's the pitch. Grounded to third, now past the third baseman. That should go as a hit, and that'll load the bases for HPU, waiting on the final ruling. And I think we're going to go ahead and call that a hit, so a good job there off the bench by Igawa, loading the bases. Yeah, another awkward play kind of by Carnes. Uh, you know, I know he made a diving attempt on it, but kind of looked like he dove over the ball. And that'll bring up T.J. Smith. Again, going for the cycle. If he can hit a grand slam here, he will get it. Smith takes it for a strike on the outside corner. We alluded to our Yayu player of the game coming up after the contest. I think T.J. Smith is definitely in the running for that honor tonight. Yeah, it's, I, I think for me it's between T.J. Smith and Ojin so far because Ojin threw a gem. 
Smith takes this one low, even in the count at one and one. Because it's what you wanted, right? When you're looking at a four-game series, you're, you're starting pitching in game number one, able to go seven strong innings. Six strong innings, sorry. Pardon me, I said earlier Smith had three hits. He actually has four hits going for number five. But if he does get number five on a home run, that's going to be the cycle for him. Smith takes that one in the dirt, two and one the count. Big spot here for Luke Grakel, trying to limit any more damage with his team down 13 to four. Smith has scored three runs tonight. Here comes the two one delivery. Outside three and one. Smith is one ball away from walking in another run and reaching base for what would be the fifth time tonight. Yeah, this is a hitter's count here, 3-1 with a hard-throwing Graco. You're sitting dead red. Here's the pitch. Taken outside. That is ball four, and another run comes in, 14-4, in favor of the Sharks. And while HPU continues to get the runners going, let's pause 10 seconds for a station identification. You're listening to HPU Sharks Baseball, presented by Hawaii Pacific Health. Home of HPU Athletics, KGUAM, K236CR, Honolulu, is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on AM760 and 95.1 FM. Kyle Galdera and Alan Mia here with you at Central Oahu Regional Park. HPU leading Chaminade 14-4, opening West action for both teams. And after HPU scored its 14th run on a bases-loaded walk by T.J. Smith, Ian Wolski pops out to center field. And that'll now bring up Daniel Johnson with two out, and the base is loaded. Yeah, it looks like Wolski just pressing a little bit, trying to, trying to get something going for himself this game. Good news for HBU. They still have that 10-run lead, so Wolski has some wiggle room to get out of that mini slump as Johnson fouls this one away. HPU scoring six in the first, one in the second, two in the third, three in the fourth, and then one more for good measure in the seventh before the one run here in the eighth. Johnson, a big cut there, moving the count to 0-2. I like what Graco did there. He basically came with like four straight fastballs, so Johnson thinking another fastball is coming right down the middle, gets out in front of one, and it ends up being a changeup. Graco looking in. Bases loaded, two out. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Just a bit outside, one and two. Now the count. Even though it's a Thursday night, still a nice crowd gathered here at Patsy Mink Central Oahu Regional Park. Here comes the 1-2 delivery. Grounded to first. Is it going to get through? Nope. There's Kleinman with it over to first for out number three. That's going to retire the Sharks in the eighth, but not before they score another run and make it 14-4 over Chaminade. We'll be back and see if the Sharks can wrap it up. This is HBU Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. This is HPU Athletics on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, AM 760, and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. Welcome back. HPU headed to the top of the ninth looking to hold 
off of Chaminade, up 14 to 4. Last cracks for the Silver Swords, down by 10. And for Chaminade, leading things off in the top of the ninth inning. Should be Braden Braga, the replacement first baseman. And Braga rips this one to left. Does that one have legs? It does. It is up, up, and aloha. Braga wasting no time here in the ninth inning, getting a run back for Chaminade. That thing was just smoked over the left field fence at least, I'm going to say, 360 feet away from home plate on that fly ball. That's our first home run of the ball game, too. Yeah, fastball up and into the zone, and, and Braga just able to really get the hands through, open up his front shoulder to get enough of uh, the bat head around it, and just no doubter to the left field side. And I believe this is still Kleinman batting now for Chaminade. I didn't see any change being made. So Kleinman, one of the sturdy defenders for Chaminade and one of the better hitters tonight for the Silver Swords. He lines this one to center. It's going to be a nice catch made, though, by Milliken, ranging out there into short right center for out number one. And at third base for the Sharks, uh, Frankie Perales remains in the game at third. So Perales remains there after replacing Agnew. And I do believe that is the only change. I believe I saw an outfielder go in there. But we'll try to get that for you if we can. Yeah, I think it might be. Cooper Donlin, I believe, was running out there. We'll see where he ended up. I think he's in the game for all the Cooper Don <laughs> Donlin fan club listening in Don Lena Jr. as I believe this is still Naviac batting no it's not it is going to be Jackson Pepper the freshman from La Flores California checking in Pepper takes this one in there for a called strike two. 0-2, oh one out. Nobody on here for Chaminade. The only damage done so far in the inning, a Braden Braga leadoff bomb to left field. And this one in there for called strike three. So a nice job by Escar Siga. Dropping in the deuce for the strikeout and out number two. Chaminade down to their final cuts here in the ninth inning trailing 14-5. And that'll bring up Ace Perry for the Silver Swords. Here's the pitch. Taken high and away for ball one. Perry looking to keep things going. Shamanad down again to their final out, trailing by nine. This one in there just a bit low. One and one the count. If HPU can hold on here, they'll improve to 1-0 in the Pac West and, more importantly, 9-1 on the season. Already ranked number five in the West region, looking to climb that ladder a bit more. Here's the pitch in there. Wow, I thought that was a strike, but called the ball 3-0. and Escarcigo looking like he's rearing back just a little bit here, trying to get this third out to end the ball game, and like he said, to go 9-1 on the season so far. Ace Perry takes a strike down the middle there, trying to get a walk out of it, but he's going to stay at home with a 3-1 count. 
I think if you're Ace Perry here, you're looking for something you can drive. Here's the 3-1 delivery. Driven to right center. And that one is going to be caught for the third out. By Drew Sonny Dodd, Dodd makes the catch, and that will end the game. HPU victorious to lead off the Pac West season with a dominant 14-5 win over rival Chaminade. Nice win all around for the Sharks. We'll be back to wrap things up again. HPU 14-5 over Chaminade to start the Pac West campaign. This is Sharks Baseball right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Yeah, you sunglasses are designed with you in mind. The ball player. The construction worker. The fashionista. The outdoorsman. Or woman. You want it? Let's get it. Type in yeah, the letter U, and HNL for Honolulu. It's that simple to get the most versatile sunglasses on the market. Ultra lightweight, OSHA approved, wraparound sunglasses with four removable lenses that will make everyone say, Yeah, you. Type in yeah, the letter U, and HNL for Honolulu to shop today. This is HPU Sharks Baseball brought to you by DSC Hawaii on HSRN 95.1 FM and AM 760. Back here at Central Oahu Regional Park, HPU put the finishing touches on a 14-5 domination of Chaminade. HPU scored 14 runs on 20 hits, no errors. They scored in every inning but the fifth and the sixth. For Chaminade, five runs on 12 hits, but they committed six errors, and that really helped the dominance of HPU. Getting the win for HPU that moved to 9-1, and one, by the way, on the season is Jordan Oten. Six strong innings. He threw 81 pitches, allowed six hits, only one earned run, walked one, and struck out five. So a great pitching performance there. Also for HPU of note on the batting side, on the offensive end, uh, T.J. Smith, 4 for 5, 2 RBIs and 3 runs scored. And Hayden Huff, 2 for 4 with 2 runs batted in. Looking at Chaminade really quickly, I think the bright spot has to go to Braga, who had that big solo bomb in the ninth inning to give Chaminade its fifth run. But really, Allen, it was all HPU tonight. Yeah, all HPU on, on all facets. You know, dominant starting performance by, by Ocean. Uh, really just... It's what you wanted out of the freshman, especially coming into your first conference game uh, against your rival. Uh, to set the tone for the Pac-West Conference as a whole, just to show that HBU's for real this year. They're a really talented team, good veteran and, and newcom newcomers, and, and young, uh, uh, a mix of a core group. So, you know, I, I, I thought, um, you know, we always knew offensively they're they so gifted offensively, especially with Richard Higa coming in as being the new hitting coach coming off uh, after just completing his collegiate career this past season I, I just thought you know offensively they did what they always do and that's that's hit the ball um a lot of gaps and and showing good power with the extra base hits doubles triples again uh you know led conference all year long in in, in those categories last year they continue it this year so far um and and so i i think Tonight was a great performance. It's what they can do come tomorrow. And, and of course, the doubleheader on Saturday with in inclement weather, uh, you know, doing. Can they keep the momentum rolling? Can they, you know, make sure that they don't let a game like this get to their heads and, and still get down to business come these next few days? Because you, you, you know darn well um, a, a Chad Konishi, a Keith Komeji uh, ran team is going to come out firing tomorrow. And they're not going to dwell on this game. They're going to flush it. And they're going to come back ready to fight tomorrow, and HP's got to be, you know, ready for that task as well. 
So this game in the books, HPU with a 14-5 victory over Chaminade. And that means the last order of business is to present our Yayu player of the game. Yayu H&L is the newest brand for sports apparel and accessories. Check them out on Instagram at Yayu H&L. That's Y-E-A-H, the letter U, H-N-L. Yayu, let's get it. So, Alan, who is our Yayu player of the game? You know, it's a tough call because I think it's really between two players. One is, is, is again, Ochin, and then also on the offensive side, T.J. Smith, who four for five day, three runs scored, two ribbies, you know, a double and a triple. Um, you know, you really could give it to either one of those players or both of them. But I, I think for today's purposes, because of the lineup as a whole did everything and anything you could have asked them, I, I think this one goes to the starting pitcher, uh, Jordan Ochin. I, I just thought he set the tone really uh, with a dominant performance. And, and it's kind of like what we talked about with Chaminade. Coming into game one of a four-game series early in the conference season, you don't want to go through your pen if you don't have to. And I, and I thought Ochin just gave him that opportunity to save some arms and maybe just get some arms that might not otherwise get in the game as much You know, later on in the season, get them some innings, get them some work in. And, and I, I, I just I think the player of the game has to go to the starting pitcher in Jordan Ochin. So Ochin improves the 2-0 and on the season with the victory tonight. And is our Yayu player of the game. Again, check him out on Instagram at YayuHNL. That's Y-E-A-H, the letter U, H-N-L. Yayu, let's get it. HPU definitely got it tonight. The 14-5 victory over Chaminade pushes them to 9-1 in the season. And more importantly, in my eyes, 1-0 in PacWest play against their new counter city rival, Chaminade, which falls to 0-1. Uh, in the conference and on the season five and nine. That's going to wrap us up here from Central Oahu Regional Park. But first, our big mahalo goes out to Paul Brecht in the studio, our in-studio engineer and producer, producer keeping us on track and online. Technical support provided by AC Custodio. Our on-site producer and social media savant, Kuule Agbayani, doing a great job as usual. You can catch her and Paul every weekday morning on Wake Up in the Den from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on HSRN. And, of course, Alan Mia, our color analyst and play-by-play -play guy. You get the last word, my friend. Uh, just overall, uh, a wonderful performance from the Sharks, um, you know, keeping that momentum going from what they started early in this year. And, again, you know, you look at that one they exact a little revenge back off the Chaminade Silver Swords uh, at the hands of Chaminade. And so I, I thought tonight was a clear indication that this, this ball club now is, is putting everybody on notice that they're for real. It's no longer a dream to be a conference champion. It's now well within reach for these guys. Uh, and so, you know, dominant performance, great job. Didn't get over, you know, they weren't outcoached. They weren't outplayed. I, I think in every facet of the game, they, they beat Chaminade handedly tonight. So HPU with the 14-5 victory over Chaminade. It took two hours and 47 minutes in front of a crowd of a couple hundred. And it was a fun one, especially getting HPU off on the right note in PacWest play. Be sure to tune in on Saturday. We have HPU Sharks softball starting their season here on HSRN with a doubleheader against local rival UH Hilo. Tune in a little before noon. We'll have the pregame show and then the double dip at noon and 2.30 to follow. Again, for our entire crew, thanks for listening as HPU Downs Chaminade 14 to 5. And they'll be back for more tomorrow and Saturday here at Central Oahu Regional Park. For our entire team, I'm Kyle Galdera. Take care and aloha.
You've been listening to a special presentation on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network of Hawaii Pacific University Sharks Baseball, presented by Hawaii Pacific Health. Creating a healthier Hawaii. This broadcast was also made possible thanks to the following. Play-by-play announcers Kyle Galdera and Alan Mia. On-site technical engineer and operations director Kuule Agbayani. And in-studio technical engineer Paul Brecht. Visit hawaiisportsradio.com for a complete programming guide of upcoming games and more. We now return you to regular scheduled programming right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760.